Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. An awful lot of fast work by uh, Garda Shikana and detectives over the last four or five days. A lot of fast investigative work. And uh, I know that the incident on uh, Magazine Road, that st- alleged st- well, that stabbing, we know it was stabbing because somebody's in the hospital with it. That's before the courts. And yesterday, there was a lot of court activity um, involving the carry-on down in Mahan. Like it's a front page of making the echo today where they say there are five already on weapons charges. I won't say too much about it off the street story from the papers because it's before the courts. But what we do know is that different detectives gave evidence against three members of the Keenan family before the court district court. Another detective gave uh, arrest and evidence against two members of the McDonough family. And both detectives in court expressed concerns for the safety of the families and for the public because this dispute is ongoing. And we know of a gunshot discharged in the Mahan area uh, on Sunday afternoon. And then we know of lots of different weaponry that was seized uh, um, fears that the family's feud will continue to escalate is an angle from the examiner this morning. In fact, they talk of Chantel Keenan uh, and uh, Jim Keenan, Michael Keenan, all at court district court yesterday. They, the, the men were denied bail, but Chantel was remanded on bail after apparently allegedly having a Stanley knife when she was stopped in a car. But bail was refused to the two men. So uh, that's before the courts. We won't say any more than that and let the courts get on with its work. Mind you, uh, many of the papers, of course, talk of uh, of vaccines and, and COVID. It's better to be talking about vaccines than COVID numbers and deaths, isn't it? For sure it is. They're talking about kids now, 12 to 15, to get a vaccine in the coming uh, weeks. But they're also saying that the full reopening of retail is only around the corner. It's actually next Monday, to be honest with you, the May the 17th, and more restrictions are being lifted across June uh, and we'll come back to that later if, if, if needs be to remind people what will be happening in June. A lot of activity with uh, gastropubs and outdoor dining and hotels and guest houses and B&Bs and all sorts of stuff like that but Leo Varadkar has said or at least he does in the Star this morning that uh, restrictions between Ireland and Britain with regards to uh, travelling should be lifted during the summer well like uh, of course it should be lifted during the summer like the summer goes up until September but he also on some apparently he was doing a vi- virtual conference with members of uh, the Vintners uh, he was talking to publicans yesterday and he said that he'd put money on people being able to enjoy an indoor pint by July uh, I assume that glasses of wine and gin and tonics and tanoras also uh, will be sold. But July, he says, for indoor. Uh, next month for outdoor. The cruelty of maternity wards is interesting because I know I have an email uh, somewhere from a listener who said, uh, you know, it, it's kind of summarized in, in the mail this morning in the mirror. The mirror says, I can go to pennies, I can book a facial, but I can't take my partner with me to a maternity hospital. Now, Tony, even Tony Hoolan says, said that he sees no medical evidence to prevent partners from going to maternity visits or um, being there for the birth and going in on a regular basis into our maternity hospitals. But hospitals banning partners has now also been condemned by the Taoiseach. So you could expect change there. One of the big uh, music events of the year took place this year. The Brit Awards, triumphant return last night, marking the first live music event in the UK for over a year. And it was terrific. You had Coldplay and Elton John and Rag and Bone Man and Pink 
performing live at the event. So that's just an example of and a taster of what's to come here in Ireland. And apparently holiday bookings at home have already started with hotels reporting a 30% bump in bookings already, which is great because people realise that, you know, for the coming months anyway, it's going to be at home. But I know I bang on like a drum about this, about remote working or working from home. And it's fine if you can get the balance right. A couple of days a week at work and maybe a couple of days days a week from home, mixing it up. And I know that there are upsides to it, of course, with regards to uh, reducing travel time and expenses. And it's cheaper possibly to work from home. But remote remote workers, we want to be worried if um, if this becomes a trend where companies and bosses will actually be monitoring you in your home. Some companies already do this, some of the multinationals, where they're monitoring you. How? They're watching your mouse clicks, so they can tell how many mouse clicks per hour. So unless you train your dog to click your mouse, or unless you train a child or pay a child pocket money to do it for you, you will be monitored by the amount of mouse clicks per hour. Who's warning about this? The Irish Congress of Trade Unions. Just be aware that this could be some of the prices that need to be paid to work from home. Uh, rental feature there in the 9 o'clock news. Dublin rents are down, Cork rents are up. Uh, much of the country is up and Dublin is down because an awful lot of people legged it from Dublin. But um, the city rents in Cork is up 6.3%. So if you look at the if you look at the numbers year on year, 6.3% in the city, which means that the average rent now in Cork City is just under €1,500 a month. Way above what you pay for an average mortgage now. Who'd have thunk it? Huh? So 1500 in the city, uh, 1150 on average in the county. That's quite high. Apart from areas of Dublin, clearly it's the highest in the country. I'll come back to this later on, the old Hillster jeweller, so I won't say much about it, except that there will be a lot of public consultation required if the city council get the way and they put public toilets into the Hillster building uh, on the Grand Parade. It, it, um, it shares the entrances to the English market. There's an entrance left of it and there's an entrance right of it on Grand Parade, but it's owned by City Council. Pat O'Connell, uh, the fish merchant, says that uh, most people's reaction within the market is, is this April Fool's joke or something? People are dumbfounded by it. So I'll come back to that later on this morning. And then uh, Sean O'Donovan in the courts is absolutely livid. Apparently there was a 15-year-old young fellow who spat in the face of an ambulance paramedic and then spat in the face of a guard uh, who were assisting him. Um, the guard was assisting the paramedic. Uh, and he was before sentencing judge yesterday. And the judge, Sean O'Donovan, said that it was outrageous that a pup like him should have anonymity because of his age. And then, of course, the brother court's uh, stories yesterday, a man stabbed in the leg during a fight. Um, also, we have some great upsides to the, to the um, uh, COVID uh, res- restrictions being lifted where you can go anywhere in the county or anywhere in the country now. And it's great to see Cork beaches doing so well with regards to quart- uh, quality of bathing water. They go through them all. They're all either excellent or good. And the vast majority, apart from Yall and Cool Main, are excellent. But even at that, Yall is described as being good. Um, the front strand, Clay Castle gets excellent. Um, the Warren, Tregumna, Red Barn, Owen Hinch, Inchidani, Gary Vogue, Gary Lucas, Garrettstown, Fanstown. But don't be abandoning your car. Uh, the Chief Super Con Cadigan says the, it will be, you will either be fined or the car will be towed away. Um, and it's a story that makes the examiner this morning because they're saying, among other things, if you're abandoning your car at beaches, you're blocking it for emergency vehicles who need to get there. They don't say anything about people with their mobile homes, mind you. Other stories making the papers today include the fact that 
Today is the 18th birthday of Madeleine McCann. Would you believe it? She was four years old when she went missing and she's 18 years old today. My God, 14 years. It's a long, long time. And if 14 years is a long, long time, then 40 years is a long, long time. There's some lovely stories making the papers today marking the 40th anniversary this year um, of Paul Byrne in uh, media and in broadcasting. There's a particularly lovely article in The Examiner this morning. It's the best written of them, actually, I think, by a fellow by the name of Donal O'Keefe. It talks about Paul Byrne going from pirate radio uh, to murders. Actually, it says from pirates to murders. So it's a, a, it really captures your attention. Um, and he talks of his uh, different stories and his life over the past 40 years, pirate radio, radio, moving to television and things like that. I will have an opportunity to talk to him on air, I believe, on Friday. So that'll be a fun and interesting chat, 40 years in media. So that's a story that makes all of the papers, particularly the Examiner and the Red Tops. And there's a lovely article talking about broadcasters. There is a beautiful interview in this month's edition of RSVP magazine. And it's with the great Marty Whelan. It is just a fantastic interview because he's so upbeat and positive about all aspects of his life, whether it's broadcasting, radio or television or lyric or family life or the love of his wife, Maria. It's just a beautiful, beautiful interview. So two great broadcasters featuring this week, uh, Marty Whelan and RSVP and Paul Byrne in the tabs and the broadsheets 40 years on the air. The Neil Prenderville Show. No cursing or cussing, but you're not going to believe it. I failed the theory test again yesterday. I actually did worse yesterday than I did the day before. Um, the day before I got, um, what did I get the day before? Did I get 33? You need to get 35 to pass. Yesterday, I gave it Holly. I went slower and I was sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to pass this. These are easy. I have to answer 40. And I clicked see your results and I got 32. So I did worse yesterday than the day before. I'll come back to that later on because some of the questions, they're stupid. They're actually, they're trick questions. They ask them in a particular way that they confuse you. I mean, yeah, I know. I wouldn't be saying that if I had passed. I know, I understand. So more on that throughout the course of the morning. I'm going to give it another step. I'm going to do the theory test. And I'd love you guys to, as well, come up with a prize, actually, for the first person that presents 40 out of 40 or something like that. But I'll come back to it later on this morning. I am going to keep on doing it until I eventually pass it. I don't need to, incidentally. I do have a license. But I have it for now. There, There is a chance they might take it off me. I mean... <laughs> I've posted up my Instagram page since last night saying, Road Menace. Anyway, lines are open at one 104 106 Keith, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Welcome back from uh, Italy, I believe. You were out there for work. Um, and then what happened? They changed the rules and in came mandatory quarantining at home, was it? Mandatory quarantine in a hotel, yeah. So um, I arrived back on the 29th of uh, April. Yeah. Um, so... As I said, I, I, I flew in from Bologna to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Dublin. So I was after booking my qu- uh, quarantine hotel. Um, I was on the flight. As I said, the only thing that disappointed me on the flight, I'd say there must have been 80 or 90 Indian people against, not against Indian people, but they were able to walk straight through, whereas I had to go in quarantine in a hotel. That's, uh, that's extra. Was India not on the red list or something? N- not at the time, no, Neil. Okay, um, so, okay. Yeah, it is now. It is now. It is since, it is since, um, and and I actually received a message from the HGC a couple of days ago to say there was actually 
a variant on the flight so oh, there's a close man. contact of one of these people so okay, not you, one of these people sorry as yeah. I said there's not, nothing against Indian people by the no, way no I mean you it's don't you don't the, the know who setup. tested positive on the plane but somebody on no, it it not could, at have, been, all. Not it could at have been any, yeah. it could have been any nationality but India became yeah. a red hot zone eventually yeah so what hotel yeah. what hotel did you stay in I stayed in the Radisson Blue hotel oh, okay. uh, and did you have to pay up front Paid cash, well, sorry, booked it with your credit card up front. I look, it'll be reimbursed by my company, but it was, yeah, 1875 euros. Okay. How long? So, how, and you were coming back. Had you a positive test coming back anyway, yeah? Yeah, I had to get an antigen test on a Tuesday uh, when I was in Italy because to get into a factory I was visiting. Yeah. So I got the antigen on the Tuesday, was able to visit the site on the Wednesday, got tested again on the Wednesday, PCR test. That we got the results back Wednesday night, said I was negative. Thursday morning, flew into Dublin and straight to the hotel. Okay, and how was it for you? I mean, because people are critical. It was okay. It was, it was, look, to be honest, I, th- I think at the start, I think the frustration of being on the flight and seeing a lot of people just walking straight into the country without any quarantine. Yeah. And yeah. I was coming from Italy, which was within the European Union. I was kind of saying, look, is this fair? So, um, yeah, the army, we, we were brought aside in the airport, put into a room, a holding room, until everybody went through. Then we were brought through. I'd say we were in the airport maybe two and a half, three hours before we actually got through. And I started complaining because I, I had meetings to attend by one o'clock in the day. So I said, look, you need to put a move on here. I need to get, get, get to the hotel and start doing meetings. So... Eventually, we got onto the bus, uh, the army in front of us, and so drove us to the hotel, got off, and finally checked in. And you got your own room then? Your own room, yeah. The fairness, look, it's a nice hotel. The rooms were nice and plush. You'd be happy to stay there on any time. But look, as I said, it was a bit hard. You couldn't open a window. There was no window to open in the room. So you were kind of locked in there most of the day. How many times a day did you get out of the room? Well, for the first two days, you weren't allowed out. So we were on the second day, we got a PCR test. And again, uh, I think that evening, we got the results back. Sorry, the second day, we got the results yeah. back when we were allowed out. Yeah. So you could go out three times a day for 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and look, it was okay. It was, what was okay. Uh, what was the food like? Food was disappointing, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I'd say I must have complained. For the first few days, I was on the phone every every meal I was complaining it was either cold or there was not enough of it or it was just look I've worked in a lot of places around the world and I've worked in some really really third world countries and in some of these camps I used I, I, I rang them one night and I said look I've got better food in some of these camps than you're serving up you see that's my problem everyone's problem is that you're spending two grand the food should be very yeah. good it's a lot of money there should be no difference. There should be no difference if you were staying in there regularly. Now. Because, like, all the hotel facilities are closed, like, so they should be getting the food, right? It's food brought in from outside, isn't it? I asked, no, no, no. I asked the question. I said, look, do you outsource the food? And I said, no, it's cooked in our kitchen. And I said, well, you're, doing, you're not doing a great job. What would it be? Give but us some typical examples of the food then. Um, look, one day, look, I'll send you on a few pictures anyway. But one day we had, um, like, salmon, basically, it was salmon darn with a bit of sauce and that was the dinner there was nothing else no potatoes no veg no nothing that was it <laughs> did they Another forget day, the rest of the dinner like that they just gave you a piece of salmon yeah, unbelievable, because I rang down, and that was another time I complained, I said, and they had an in-house, you could order food from their restaurant as well, and that used to come up and it was fine, it was a way nicer, so if but I you had to pay, wings or... But you had to pay extra yeah. for that? 
got to pay cash for that. I think that's very disrespectful that they can turn out good food, but you got to pay extra for it. Otherwise, you take what can only be described as very, very mediocre food for the two grand. Mediocre. Yeah, is I actually being a compliment. sent a picture. A good one, Neil. I sent a picture to one of my friends and he goes, sorry now, Keith, but that actually looks like a cat's dinner. Yeah. And that's what would have described. It was pretty, pretty. But I must say, look, it did. I I complained so much. It did improve. The the quantity improved, the quality, not so much. The days are long in there. Like, you'd be looking forward to a good meal, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Look, as I said, I I was lucky because I was able to work. When we used to get a bit of yard time, I was able to speak to a couple of different families and the different people in there. And there was one Muslim family in particular, they were having a torrid time because they weren't even getting anything, like they were being served pork, they were being served all these different things that they said, look, when you when you go there, you fill out allergies or what you are, what you eat. And they were getting all these things delivered to them still. So there was people going through a lot of stuff up there. So. And, and kids as well, of course, are in the hotel rooms, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, there was this man with his son. They were after coming back from Brazil and they used to go out there three times a day and they used to have a football and just kick her around the yard. So there was all sorts. So uh, days are woman, long. She, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Neil. There was another woman. She was a vegan, so she had to just buy our food outside and get it delivered because she wasn't getting any of what she wanted. So it was just... I mean, yeah, in for, fairness... Said, like, for that kind of money. For that yeah, kind of money. And we're weeks into this quarantine hotel system now, uh, and you're describing them botching much of it. Botching a lot yeah. of it, actually. Really and truly. Imagine if you... I was just talking on the air about this. Imagine if you were a smoker. It must be hell in a hotel room. Well, I'd say so. I'd say so because I spoke to a couple of young guys now that were smokers and they said, look, they're just trying to get home as best they can. So you have three breaks a day, so it's, it's a bit short. How um, many days and nights yeah. were you in there? I was in there 11, 11 days. Oh, yeah. my uh, God, a fortnight's By the end of it, at the start, there was kind of frustration. Then it kind of became acceptance. And then at the end, again, it was frustration. I just wanted out. It was hard going, I must say. Um, frustration. I'd say, I'd, say, I'd say it would get you down, wouldn't it? Fairness, yeah. If you, if it, yeah, definitely. If you left it, it get you down. There was one case. There was a man came in with his daughter on the Wednesday night, and I heard. I was spoke to a couple of people out in the yard the next morning. They said he kicked off that night, and Thursday morning I heard all the commotion outside in the yard. He was surrounded by a couple of guards, a couple of uh, security guards, and he was there. I don't care what you say. I'm not going back to that room. He couldn't take it. And anymore. I haven't seen that man again. I'd God. say he went out the door. Really? Yeah. He cracked. So there's one rule for one person, another rule for a uh, look. As I said, it's just I, I understand it has to be done. But uh, and then after I the guess. eleven days, another positive test came back, and you were free at last. Free at last, Neil. Yeah, I got the res- I got the phone call yesterday to say, yeah, you're, you're out of here. Um, that was about twelve o'clock, and I'd say about half past two. I had to ring again. I said, when are you releasing me? <laughs> well, we're just working through it. So the army had to sign you out. And what did it feel like when you eventually got out without having to go back in after fifteen minutes? I was looking over my shoulder in case somebody was coming after me. I just wanted to <laughs> get out there. As a great feeling, could, was it? You know? A great feeling. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Do oh, you know, my was, God. It was like a couple of days, Neil. I was in the yard and the sun was shining and I was standing there, leaving the sun hit my face. The next thing, okay, your time is up. Come on in. You know, it was... It was, it was did, you ever feel, did you ever feel like making a bolt for it? Do you know what? I question whether I should have just came in through the UK and told them nothing. So I, I actually know, consider I that, you know, and a lot of people probably do it. But, you know, I do so much travel and I just didn't want to jeopardize anything in the future. So I said, look, I'll do it right. 
Oh my God, it's, man! You um, could, I mean, yeah. I, could, I could imagine it for a weekend or what have you, but one week into the next eleven days and nights, it I don't, is, I don't think it, I could hack it. To be honest with you, in fairness, yeah, it's frustrating. Frustrating, all right. And the other thing as well is what you drive me nuts was uh, you'd order something, the next thing it wouldn't come up. So you're ringing. There was one day I was ringing from maybe half past five in the evening to quarter past seven. There was nobody answering the phone or reception. So it was a hit and miss whether they'd answer the phone or reception. So you drive me nuts. Oh, for God's sake. You know, Imagine all the these kind of things. Yeah, um, and they're the things that play on your mind when you have time in your hands and you're looking forward to key times in the day, meal time and break time. TV worked though, did it? The TV was, the TV was fine, yeah, yeah. Look, I just put that on in the evening, maybe at 8 o'clock, because I was working. Luckily, I'd work most of the day, Neil, so I was kind of busy. I kept going. But there was a lot of people who were just in there solid for those 11 days looking at the four walls and the TV, you know. Well, listen, tough. put it down to experience. Hopefully you'll eventually look back and laugh at it. Or maybe not laugh, but you, <laughs> but you might smile. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but we look, right. yeah, sure, look, it's done and dusted now. And yeah, All right, so. Keith. Well, listen, thanks for sharing. Welcome home. Yeah, thank you very much, Neil. Cheers. Take care. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Okay, um, big request for Nanny Mary and Balancholic. Happy birthday to you, Mary. Uh, a lovely text came in from Jessica and Emily and Lucy Lou. She's the best nanny in the whole world, they tell me. And they want to say thank you for doing everything you do. They said they definitely know that she'll be listening because she uh, adores Neil and the show. And we love you lots, Nanny, nanny Mary. And that's from Jessica, Emily and Lucy Lou. So happy birthday to you. You know, with regards to um, um, my conversation yesterday following an email from Anna um, we were talking about social anxiety some interesting texts came in on this I was talking to Richard Hogan on the subject he's um, uh, an expert in that area and he's saying that social anxiety for people who are coming out of COVID and going back into work or meeting people socially again if you are anxious about it it will pass but just a few texts on it I'll get back to the phone calls then just listening to you read out Anna's email regarding working from home I've been working from home for over a year now and I absolutely hated it at the beginning But I love it now. I wonder, does she do any Zoom calls with her work colleagues? I make sure to touch base with mine just to check in by Zoom. I may not have anything in particular to say, but I just check in so I feel a part of a team still. I wonder... Does she have a space assigned specifically to work from at home? Or does she even set herself a daily routine? Does she take lunch breaks as she would if she were working at work, for instance? I find I'm able to mind myself a lot more working from home. Uh, I go for a walk on my lunch break. I take the dog to the coffee shop and I do a little meditation. She will adjust the same way way we adjusted to working from home when we never thought that we would, says Lisa. Yeah, you can get used to everything, can't you? You really can. Uh, Mind you, saying, saying things like, I touch base with my work colleagues. I may not have much to say, but I touch base with them on Zoom calls. It's like something they do on the International Space Station, you know, like, and that's something they do out of necessity. But, you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, when I, when I hear stories of employers monitoring you working at home by how many clicks of your mouse per hour, I mean, that's scary for me. Uh, for your listener with social anxiety, I recommend Cambo. Uh, there's plenty on YouTube to search, research, and you can do it here in Ireland. It's not for everyone, but it's something she'd like to try. I could talk to her about it. I have no idea what it is, but um, thank you for the recommendation. I did both recently, and it cleared up all my anxiety and depression, put a spring back on my step. Cambo is fog poison 
from the giant monkey frog, frog in the Amazon. Is that for real? Um, it says fog poison, but I'm assuming that should say frog poison. Anyway, I pass it on for what it's worth. I'm experienced similar with my 13-year-old daughter. She's extremely anxious since she went back to school. She didn't like eating in front of people, for instance. She can't go to the bathroom, doesn't like talking in front of the class anymore. She's gone from extreme, she's gone extremely nervous, uh, where she would have been very, very confident before all of this. My GP has referred her for counselling and said she received different phone calls from parents like me the same week. Lockdown has affected her in all aspects, my daughter. And a final one here. <clears throat> Sir Alan Sugar warned at the very start of this that long-term working from home was not a good idea. Your thoughts are welcome on that. Text 0868104106. Just back to my conversation with, uh, certainly with Keith, who just came out of quarantine, and Samantha yesterday, who said that it should be abolished. Tina, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, my problem with it, of course, is that in spite of the millions and millions that the hotels are being paid for it. The, uh-huh. the service, the quality, the food, uh, it's atrociously bad. You know? It sounds it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, but atrociously not, bad. I, I think that um, I don't actually normally listen to the radio, I, I'm ashamed to say, but I happened to turn on yesterday and I caught the tail end of your uh, conversation with the lady and I thought I was walking into a twilight zone. Why? I just, I absolutely thought, are we living in the same country? If, if you don't want to go into quarantine, don't travel. It's that simple. We've been living like monks for over a year. I certainly have, and a lot of the people I know have. And if you choose to travel, because it is a choice, if you choose to travel, why whinge about quarantine? Yeah, because a lot of them, Samanda's Italian, and a lot of people over the, mm-hmm. on the air last week um, don't want to go on holidays. They either want to come home to see their family yeah. Or they want yeah. to go back to their own countries to visit yeah. their families and some of their sick relatives and some yeah. people who have passed away. It's yeah. necessity for them. But there are exceptions to the rule, aren't there? We had a, a fella coming into Ireland to visit his uh, dying father. Yeah, but the um, vast majority of them just want to see their mothers and fathers and families for the first time. Don't we all? But we can't. Well, you, well, you, we- can, well, you can if they're in the same country as you. Yeah, well, now we can. In the last how long? Ah, yeah, well, yeah, I know that, but homes. yeah, yeah, but that, no, that, honestly, it's, you know, we're still in a pandemic. I think because we've been in it so long, a lot of people have got, you know, maybe we've got bored with it, but we are still in a pandemic. So why, why I, I'm choosing not to go anywhere abroad, and if I did choose, which is, you know, again, that's the optimum word, if you're choosing to travel then you have to suck up the quarantine when you come back. Here's what and she said. I don't have a clip yeah. of it, but I do recall exactly what she said. Yeah. She said that people should be allowed to quarantine at home Yeah, um, but it's, that's themselves. been tried, hasn't it? What? And it's, that's been tried. And obviously it didn't work. People were just, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm at this address. A lot of people gave false addresses because they didn't want to be checked up on. And the suggestion that the guards could go and check on people at home. I she mean, said that, yeah. There, yeah. There, there are people being stabbed left, right and centre as we speak. So I think, you know, the guards have actually got better things to do than to check on people who chose to travel. That's the bottom line. It's choice. We live in a democracy. Thank God. But if you're choosing to travel, if I, you know, if I chose to go over to the, well, there's a different case with the UK, isn't it? But if I, I want to go to Italy for whatever reason, when I come back, you've got to suck it up, put on your big girl or boy pants and, and take the quarantine. Okay, okay. And hopefully we're, we're getting that green system, aren't we, soon? 
travel. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be holding my breath across oh, June and July for that. Yeah, and with the quite, you know, the vaccination rate to going up, it, it's all looking better and brighter. But for now, we are still in the middle of a pandemic with a population who, you know, what, what's our vaccination rate? About thirty percent, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I can I can dig out the numbers for you. You're not you're not at all jealous of of the UK though, powering ahead, no? Not a, not a bit. Good luck to them. Brexit, obviously, they had a better bargaining tools than we had. Um, and my turn's coming up soon. I'm of that age. And I will sit back and wait, but I won't be travelling until my 13-year-old has his vaccination. Mm, okay, okay. When you I haven't, I, when you add the numbers together between first dose and second yeah. dose, right? It's just under two million now. It's about 1.8 million. So that's a lot of vaccines. Yeah. It is it's great. It's brilliant. They're rolling it out now. But yeah. my bottom line is, don't travel and wait. Okay, thanks, Tina. Appreciate it. Cheers. Uh, Just on that, um, uh, it says that leading hotel group Tifco is being paid 5.4 million for operating the government's mandatory hotel quarantine system. The tourists and Irish people like Keith are paying 1,800 euro uh, for up to 14 days. And as Keith said, the food is below par. So most of them have to pay the hotel for better food. He has to order off another menu. Uh, am I the only one who sees something wrong with this picture? It is absolutely farcical. Well, certainly, um, for that kind of money, uh, you would expect a much better service. I mean, I understand that they say you're limited the amount of times you can go out, um, but answer the phone, you know, improve the food. Like, uh, certainly that leaves a lot to be desired. Um, the thing that bothers me is, are you saying that... Chifco and the hotel groups that are operating it get 5.4 million from the government and 1,800 from each person that goes into quarantine. Is that on a double pay? Maybe we should need to, cl- to, to clarify that because uh, I don't know. That's what he's saying by text. It's 5.4 million to operate and 1,800 from each person who goes in as a, uh, I was going to say, as a guest, if you like. So I, I will come back to that. Keith, good morning. Need the whole thing. I right, good, my man. So a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands. What's happening? I tell you what, low and low. We're like living in the Gaza Strip up here. In the Gaza Strip. Yeah. Why? The neighbours has to put mesh up against the windows. Right. I've been able up here now. He had to put mesh up against these windows because the ball playing up here. Young lads. Right. <sighs> yeah. At least they're, I, at least they're playing ball though. Neil, they are. But Neil, this is, this is what I'm trying to say to one of the parents I was speaking to them. She said to the field, I live in Kidnap Green, Neil. Yeah. Right? To the green. It's not a field. She said there's a soccer pitch. I said, any man to build a soccer pitch on a, hitch, on a, a hill. Neil, I live on the Sunbeam Hill. Do you know if you're coming up the Sunbeam Hill? And that is fairly slope, you know, right? And we've sun- green on the Hill, hill is it? No, I just saw Bean Hill, me. Oh, okay. I, okay. I yeah. live on the Sun Bean Hill, right? Right. And we have a green out there, there, so it enters about, we say, a fall of 90%. And she said, there's a soccer pitch. I said, for any man, I said, to put a soccer pitch, I said, on the hill, should be sacked. And is it a soccer pitch? It is not, me. It's a green. It's a green. Okay, okay. We are killing that green. And what's wrong with the lad? what's wrong with the lads kicking a ball on the green? I am no Bollywood Neil. We okay. were, I'd be honest with you, Neil. I used to go out and give them a drop of water. The wife used to work for Cox Hosted. She'd go if they were cut or the plaster or anything. Good man. But, but Neil, the abuse. 
that they were giving the old people inside the terrace and I never knew nothing about it. Right? Uh, uh, I went out there one day and I see me other neighbour on the right hand side. Uh, where I'm living, there's about 20 houses. Right? There's 97% of them pension age. Right, right. Right? Over pension age. Right? The kids were weighing against the wall. Now, Neil, if I knocked at your door in the morning, right, and I said to you, uh, Mr. Prendeville, your son is weighing against the wall over there, right? What would you say to me? Well, I'd, 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 I'd apologise and I'd make sure it never happened again, you know? Well, there you go, but none of their kids done it. Their kids wouldn't do it. All right, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, they, they oh, still. They, 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 they got. A, they got defensive. It. Like, yeah, yeah. Defensive. Need. I didn't know it. I'd be honest with you. Know that's what don't. But it's when I see the price on. Right, Neil. We paid ball years ago. Right. There's a person passing the road. Would we stop playing ball? And leave him pass. Yeah. Years ago, of course we would. Yeah. You think to do it now? No, Neil. I said, to, I but said they're to only the playing. But what else are they doing? I mean, are they breaking windows or? Need the cows. I have one neighbour. I just a pack of cow across the road. What are you saying? Why is that like? I mean, just need we have a million euros to call to spend on the pack up the road. Right, five minutes up the road from us. Right, another million on another pack the fair field pack above. Another million, five minutes up the road, right? But you know what's wrong with the mothers? And I'm dead serious now, Neil. What? Right? What? I said to them, I said, why don't you even go up to the park? Do you know what my mum said? I wouldn't need my child go up to that park, she said. And it's full of needles up there. I said, well, she said, oh, but I'm only have to come back for a minute again, Neil. I, I go up there every morning after with the dog. Full of needles. And I said, why don't you go up and pick them up? Ah, no, 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 no. She's like, that's not, you can't be going around picking up other people's heroin injection needles. Have, have they, ha, have they? Need, I'm after being up there from the day, she said it, four months ago. And you haven't spotted any? Okay. I haven't spotted one, and I know the man that opens the gears up there. And I said to them, I said, there's the needles around here. Kate, there's nothing around oh, here. Yeah. All right, okay, okay. I'm, I'm mad about you, but I'm not feeling your pain. Um, I'm just not. There are kids playing ball. That, I, and, do you know? I, I hate saying that to you, um, but need. unless unless something else is happening besides them playing ball, right? You know, tell right, me need, what else need. is happening. Yeah, right. If they abuse your mother or the pensioner or whatever, right? And it, no, they wouldn't abuse me. Need. They wouldn't, right? But I have, we have neighbours inside here, right? Okay, and a whole lot of them there. That's it. Right, they're abusing them. The mothers are coming over and say, "I don't know what they're fine there or whatever." I have one of the mothers told one of my neighbours, right, a seventy-year-old woman. I called her a lawyer. That her son wouldn't say that. Why would the seventy-year-old woman say that? Name? No, we have to put mesh up against the windows. Mesh. Why? Right? So they don't it's break the, the ball. Yeah. Okay. Please. Well, let's do it. No. Well, that is, that that is different now. If you're saying that you have to put mesh or some kind of barricade to protect Please, the glass. I have one neighbour. He have mesh up against the right. If I went to stay in my house in the morning and somebody come up and they see mesh up against your window, 
I don't think it's somebody else's window. You'd be asking questions, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Do you know what I mean? You, you'd Need, probably reverse out of the estate and you wouldn't want to buy. I, so there you go. And you mind, they're the nicest, I'd say this now, they're the nicest people. And the kids, are they, from, are, they from other, are they from another park or another area? They're coming in to oh, use kids. from across the road, Neil, and they could go, it's near to go, to go to the park up by family school, then it's just to come over here. But you see what they're, what they're scared of? All the kids, the muddle huddles up. Right? No, I mean, they're, no, they're playing ball. They're playing soccer on a green area or whatever. And I think that's a fabulous sight. But if they're abusing pensioners and you've had to mesh up on your windows for fear of getting them smashed or is the ball banging off the door and hitting the windows constantly, is it? They can't pay off the cow. They can't deal with can't pay off the cow outside the door. I mean, who's going to play ball on the hill? I know, but do you understand the fine line here? We want kids to be exercising, we want them to be playing ball, you know? Need, I told you, need. I used to go out with first aid with them, with a plaster. I used to bring them out off Iceland and my level, right? But see, today was the fool here, because to the old people, they were black garden, but I never knew about it. Yeah, yeah. And saying I mean, it to the parents... That's All my neighbours seem to come to me if there was a problem. Yeah, 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 no, and rightly so. It's nice to have somebody who can make a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I mean, like, saying it to the parents isn't making a blind bit of difference to them to stop abusing the elderly residents and to cop yeah, on yeah. with the, yeah. The kids don't do any. The kids don't, no, it's not my child does it. Do you know what my woman told me? She said, go away, she said, and get a job. She says to me, right? Yeah. I said, yeah, and what about the pensioners? They said, where are they going to work? Where could they? Where could they go and play ball? Neil, we have a million euro pitch up the road. Three soccer players, three soccer pitches there. Five minutes up the road. Yeah, on the left. Is it open? Five minutes up the road on the right. We have another soccer pitch up there. Are they open? Can kids go in and play ball? Neil, I was up there this morning checking for needles again. Yeah, yeah. That this woman turned around and said that there was needles there. And I said, you know what? No, I said, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She called me a blowing. A blowing? She said, you're only a blowing. And are you? A blowing. This is me. This is the way it's driving on this house, Neil. I know. You're far from a blowing. Hold on there, Mary. Hello, Neil. Do you want to pick up on what Keith is talking about? I do. Go ahead. I do. I agree with Pete 100% and I'm living on the south side. Am I putting up with the same crap from saucy guests who have nothing else to no respect for the elderly? who have no respect for people's property or their cars. We have a big park, not two minutes walk from where I live, a huge park across the road from me, and they will not go into that park. There's a soccer pitch in there. They will not go in and play there, but they'll play in front of elderly people's houses, leave all their rubbish after them, and abuse if you say anything to them. What's the abuse like? Telling you to mind your own effing business kind of abuse, is it? Language, name-calling, Need, I'd want I'll wait, Keith, I'll, I'll come back to you. I know I, I want to get a... I want to get a... Oh, sorry, Need. I, I want to get, want to get a Neil, proper... if they were playing, there's a green, not fast in your house, if they were playing on that green and you were putting up what that man is putting up with and what I'll put up with for the whole summer now and out of the group of 15 or 16 of them, sometimes there's 20 of them, there's two from our park. It's not one... And a huge park across the road. 
You well, park across the road to take a plane. Yeah, and yeah I mean, where, go over there. Where I live, there are a lot of trees, so you couldn't hit a ball. But behind me, there are the astro pitches. There's about four or five, six, maybe six of them. I love the sound of the lads playing ball down there. They actually but, but oh, over the over the COVID, they were getting in there when they I were. Do shouldn't well, I love the sound of the kids playing as well. I just think it's fantastic. Well, do I? I love looking over to the park, Neil, and seeing all the kids over in the park. But I like when they're outside my front door, they're leaving all their rubbish in and they're belting their ball off a new car. The very first day I bought the car, they walloped the ball three times off. But when I said to them, laughed into my face, tell me F off. Did what they? I think I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the PLC, yeah. it's out no. of sight, out of mind. I know, that's, no, I'm getting a much better picture now, in fairness. So, you know, if, you know. You know, Neil, I love, Neil, I and my grandkids stay with me every weekend. And I take them up to the park to play ball. Right? I mean, you can't have a mother turn around in front of her child and say, this is a field. I said, would you look at the address? It's kidnapped green. No, I know, I understand. There's a green there. But, you you know, you were telling me the kids are playing ball. You went on to talk about the mesh having to go up on the windows, the people's cars being damaged, and the abuse of the elderly. Clearly, that's not acceptable. It just the isn't. The abuse of the kids. Right? The language all of them. One fellow was the running the around and he's only. Do you know what, no need? You can't say not the kids anymore. I went out there, so I said, that's it, I have enough. And, uh, Somebody's saying here, wouldn't it be an awful lot worse if you were looking over and watching the kids shooting up or drinking cans? For God's sake, go away on that. Cough on, Nain. if you were living here, you wouldn't pull up with it. I know, I know. In all fairness, no need. Look, I have great time that's for people playing soccer. As I said, I used to look after them, right? But not if they're like, cursing and shouting and abusing people, no. And Neil, they were yeah. abusing. And Neil, that was great, right? They were waiting for injections here, that's what they nearly all the neighbours, right? And there's the kids over, and they're knocking at the doors. And this. And I said to one of the mothers, I said, come here, we're all in lockdown. I think they're fine, they're only kids. They're kids, they're 14 years of age, Neil. And they're tell me, kids. and tell me, Mary, have you said anything to them? Neil, I refuse to... Get involved with them any longer because when I did abuse, you have no idea of the abuse I put up with. It was unbelievable. Ball being lashed off the window, off the car, off the wall of the garden. No, who'd want that? No one would tolerate that. No, no. Your head would be right. Whoever sent you in the message, and I live in a very respectable, nice area here with lovely neighbours, very good people. We shouldn't have to put up with it. And I tell you something, the person who just said to you there, wouldn't it be, wouldn't worse, it be worse if they were shooting up? I wanted the mothers probably, I wanted those pops who were around the place doing that. Well, I'd love to hear from a parent who defend them and that kind of carry I on. Need, yeah. I can't wait well, for on one of them to get on because they know who I am and I hope that they do. And if they do get on, Neil... Give me a ring back. I will. And I'll fight my side as a beat. Okay, pal, I'm let's... I'm not going to go around, Neil, and, and, and start putting mesh up against my windows. That's a, just like a prison. Okay, all right, Keith. I will come back to you I'm if sorry. I do hear. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Mary. It's very different than just playing ball on a park. Obviously, there's a lot more issues there and a lot more going on. Um, would anybody like to contribute or in defense of what's happening there? Keith, I would love to talk with you, and so would I. Text 0868 You want to come on the air? One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. Yes, indeed. We just fact checked that 
uh, statement there with regards to the amount of money paid to the quarantine hotel company TIFCO. Um, it's a story actually that's uh, been already checked by the Irish Times where they say a hotel group TIFCO were paid uh, 5.4 million for operating the quarantine system. Um, directly with, to, from the state. Um, so that's what they got. They paid 5.4 million for operating the government's mandatory hotel quarantine system. And on top of that, then, from the state, the 5.4 million, everybody that stays in one of their quarantine hotels pays €1,875 per adult uh, and 625 for each additional uh, child aged 12 to 17. So, yes, it's the 5.4 million plus uh, the 1800 for the quarantine stay. So it's it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money indeed. Lines open at 1850 104 106. Text 0868 104 106. Pick up the phone on 1850 104 106. A lot of different emails and texts. Can you please wish Ashwarya from Mint Hair Balancholic the best of luck on our new journey opening up across the road from Tracy's and Balancholic in her brand new salon named Dusk Hair Studio she's been doing my hair for many many years has never ever let me down and I cannot wait to sit in front of her again what a year we've all been putting down but to say I can't wait to feel confident after getting out of her salon with fresh hair again is an understatement says Jodie Lynch who can't wait Get back to the hair salon and she's going to Ashwarya's a new salon called Dusk Hair Studio in Balancholic. Uh, to the people who call their mum or ma'am Mud, there are many who do, not just Sean Wren. Tell that caller he's not the only one who calls his mother Mud. I also call my mother Mud and I've done so since I was a teenager back in the 80s. And lots on the theory test and stuff like that. I don't know whether there's people who have passed it or failed it or think it's funny that I... Failed to be able to, to pass it, but we'll come back to that after after 10. I would say I got lucky with booking the theory test. I started looking for a test in Cork in August and I couldn't get one. So one of my mates advised me to keep an eye on it as there can be cancellations, which I did. And there was a cancellation for the theory test in Killarney and I gladly took the opportunity to book. That was the start of October and the test was the end of October. So I studied for the test for two weeks. Uh, I went to Killarney and I passed. Got 39 out of 40. Now I'm stuck because I can't do the 12 lessons because of lockdown with the learner permit only valid for two years. So I understand, I feel your pain. You've got through the first section of the theory, but you can't do the uh, 12 lessons. And if you can't do the 12 lessons, you can't do the test. Uh, and I gave you the stats of the amount of people waiting to sit the theory and the driving test yesterday. We are talking about many, many thousands for both. When you add the two together, it's about 10,000 combined in Cork alone. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. And wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. You're listening to the Emerald Award-winning Music Station of the Year. Cork's Red FM. <laughs> you talk about theory tests, you talk about driving tests, you talk about roundabouts, and you just, it's like, it's like poking the bear for texts and emails. Uh, lots of them. Here's an interesting one. Never mind people from Cork not being able to do the Kinsale Road roundabout. Corkonians don't know what lane they should be in on roundabouts. It's mayhem on Cork roundabouts every day. Uh, and a lady says, I break out in a rash when there's the mention of a roundabout. In fact, my husband reckons they put in flyovers over roundabouts, especially for me. 
so I can get to Maham Point. Uh, and there's many more like that. Many people waiting for theory tests, other people. You know, I failed it again yesterday. And one of the questions that I failed was the exact same question that I failed the day before. The one about giving somebody um, uh, a lift or allowing somebody else to sit in a tractor with you. Like, when in the name of God is that ever going to affect me in my life? But there it is nonetheless. I still can't get that one right. But we'll give it another blast. I drive a van full time during the week and I deliver Chinese at the weekends. I'm 35. I've never crashed. I also just did the mock theory test and I got 30 out of 40. Some questions are actually a joke. Well, I don't feel too bad. At least I was better than you. And there are many like this. Many people waiting for tests and waiting for lessons and they can't do the theory test. So they can't do the 12 lessons and they can't do uh, the driving test. You were on about tests. My friend just did a pregnancy test. She found those questions very, very hard. <laughs> oh, man, I'm me laugh. Anyway, you know, this week, big week. Many people back, um, certainly with regards to people involved in hair and beauty. And we spoke, of course, with uh, many hairdressers during the week who are back. And then we were talking about people getting their uh, eyelashes done and their eyebrows done and their makeup done and their nails done. And then, of course, the barbers were back as well. So Seamus has had a very busy week visiting all sorts of different establishments. Fiona Murphy runs her own barbershop on Shandon Street. And welcome back all of her loyal customers for the first time after lockdown. And she did it yesterday. And Seamus went along to see what some of her clientele were getting done to their long locks. And were they happy to be back in the barber's chair? Good to be back and strange to be back. Great to see the customers. Good to know the living daylights out of you, but we'll get over that. <laughs> it's great, it actually is. Great to see them all healthy yeah. and all are to having their vaccines because I had COVID. <laughs> But besides that, what can we say? Sorry, no, Liam. The genius, Fiona, as much as she missed you. Definitely. Yeah, Fiona's a character that we come in here because it's Fiona. But we missed her for the last year. It was like, my sister did a great job trying to cover for Fiona, but no one's as good as Fiona. And what are you getting done this morning? Getting the highlights put back in? Highlight? Oh yeah, the tips are going to go back in. Now it's going to be sharp back inside. Nice and tight, nice. just the way she likes to cut it with those clippers. Are you glad to be back? Yes. What did glad. you miss about the place? Everything. Her smile, her jaw. <laughs> her tears? Well, <laughs> I didn't see her crying yet, right? <laughs> is there normally a good bit of banter happening? All the others, yeah, all the time. And did I hear that you were um, a Facebook a social media sensation during lockdown? Yes. The grandson came up and he had music playing. And the wife says, come on, we do that dance now. We got up and did it. And I didn't know any more of it. Some fella said, the girls are after you. You didn't even know what told you were a professional dancer, so I left to go at that. Morning. Oh, my God. Oh, call back tomorrow. Nelly, if you almost there. Um, Neil Prendiville wants to know, Neil Prendiville just sent in there for an interview. Oh? Neil Prendiville? I don't know, did you have her? I'm sure you probably got to hear her as well. Um, <laughs> did you miss Fiona all these months? Did you, did you have a lot of cash piling up at home for her? Me? I am the flu. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not. I'm sure I heard you were a cash customer there a few minutes ago. I said there was very few of us left. <laughs> There's a couple of them, they are all. 
But are you glad to be back? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like Edward Scissors hands with me, uh, he bros. <laughs> uh, do I have to book an appointment or? She looked with Slade in there, but no problem. Not all the chapel saved me up. That's his own fault, he's staying out there now, you see. And he thought he could get straight in. He rang me the morning and thought he could be in there at nine o'clock. What about the other people that had the sense to book it two and three months ago? Liam was well organised. Liam was on the phone every couple of weeks, Fiona. Don't forget about me. I have to get the haircut now. She'll love you all over again now. And what are you getting Fiona to do for you tomorrow? Are you getting the highlights? No, no, no. I'm trying to get ready to do grey. <laughs> I tell you straight, me hair now is growing all over the place. It's all over the shop, man. I tell you straight, like. And how were you training that now over the last few months? Um, With a cap? My comb's up. Up over the cap. <laughs> And I guess no silly tape you're like pins it on to the captain. <laughs> so that's the only way you can do it, like. She sorted all that, no problem. I'll have, I'm going to ring there now and get a lawn of a lawnmower. Well, will the lawnmower do short backs and sides? And short gap at no sides. Why gap? Short gap at no sides. Maybe they can clear the handicap, you don't know. It could be great. Come here to me, I, I see you might have tried a bit of the box colour as well, did you? I did, I did. The highlights, I got the grey highlights since. Take him on. Take him on, But they're very distinguished. They are my ones, so I'm going that way and they're going that way. So I wouldn't feel any good, I don't know. Be great, I'll take it It's great to see I'm back to normal anyway. Uh, don't you love the slagging and the razzing all the same? Well done to all concerned. Thank you, Seamus. And thank you to Fiona Murphy and our barbershop in Shannon Street. And all of the customers for letting us in for the old chatteroonie. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Lovely text on Fiona on the north side. She's one of the kindest people you could ever meet up there in Shandon Street. Uh, she cuts my dad Tommy's hair for God knows how long. She's the most genuine person you could ever meet. We would consider her an amazing friend more than just a hairdresser. That's lovely. Can I just blast through a couple of shorter emails and go back to the phone lines? This is just in different topics over the past few days. Chappers on the phone sent an email saying that, you know, with the woman whose car was smashed in down at St. Michael's uh, the back window, it may have been a catapult um, because he saw uh, kids with catapults trying to hit other people with he was wondering maybe if that might have been what happened to the, the lady's window I don't know because she hasn't come back to me to say do they find anything in the car that have, may have come through the back window uh, Tom Welsh said uh, that he thinks that military service for all genders in their youth would encourage a lot more respect and a sense of obligation. So thank you for that. That's long time. I hope you keep him well, long time. Long time since we spoke. The words you're looking for is respect from ministers in the doll to teachers in schools. There's a lack of respect in Irish society and kids, as a result, have no respect for themselves or others. And maybe that's why people up in Kilnap Green are so green are so annoyed with the way young people are carrying on up there. Not so much the ball playing, but yes, in the sense that it's banging off people's cars and it's banging off their windows and they've had to put mesh up. But the abuse that the elderly you're getting from the kids. It's just not on. Uh, the local delivery driver for the local takeaway window uh, was smashed last week in the same spot uh, while she was driving and also the bus that goes into Mahon Point. Rocks were thrown at the window but the bus windows didn't smash. It could have been um, maybe a rock because uh, other cars down in the Mahon area not too far from St. Michael's graveyard also got smashed in. Um, interestingly, Phyllis, and, and then you have different types of theft. I'm living in Mayfield. Um, this is from a few days ago. Five o'clock in the afternoon, we were all at home. Our shed was broken into. What did they take? My son's bike. He's 10. 
He absolutely loved his bike. He's heartbroken. They knew exactly what they wanted, as it was just this bike that was taken. Neil, I'd appreciate it if you could share it on your shows to Sarah, and we have done. Uh, I don't know if you've got any updates or anybody's come back to you with regards to the bike or whether you found it or not. The, the, the photograph is very, very hard to make out, but that's not a push bike. Sure, it's not. I mean, that's a bike that... Um, that's a motorbike, isn't it? Um, you know, one of the kids' ones, I suppose. One of the smaller, the scrambler ones. Any news on that, Sarah? Come back and let us know, would you? So that and lots more besides. Back to the phone lines we go. And also, we will return. There's some text coming in following my conversation with Keith on the north side. And I think Mary on the south side with regard to ball playing. Shane, good morning. Hi, Neil. How's it going? I'm well, th- and you too are just out of quarantine, are you? Yeah, well, pretty much so. I got out, uh, I'm just looking at my calendar here, because you know the way the days kind of merge. Yeah, well, when you're, um, <laughs> when you're 11 days in a hotel room, you would know what day you have. How long were you in there? Exactly, so I was in, uh, so I, I guess I'll, I'll tell you how I got into Ireland. Sure, first go, ahead. So, yeah, go um, ahead. So my my partner, my missus, whatever term you want to use, uh, so she's in Nairobi, so... She's working as a research scientist down there with our with our three year olds. Yeah. Um, so, kind of, I I spent uh, months down there. So I kind of I left uh, I left Ireland on uh, things in March March twenty sixth, um, and obviously uh, Kenya was added to the red list while I was away. Kenya, um, right? Yeah. So then, kind of got back on uh, got back on the. Trying to think now. I think it was twenty fifth of April, and then was into quarantine. Did the quarantine, then was released after uh, released after eleven days. So I was released on on the sixth of uh, of of April last week. Um, yeah. yeah, and then got out. Oh, oh, tw- the sixth of April or sixth of May? Oh, sorry, sixth of no. Sorry, hold on. I'm looking at the calendar. Right. Oh, sorry, sixth of six. Yeah, sixth of May. Okay, so uh, only less than a week ago. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, I think quarantine in that hotel has played wreck with your memory. Seriously, um, like it's, well, you know yourself. I think I'm kind of suffering through a, a bit of the lethargy of being kind of stuck at home as well. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. From I, know. Home, I know. I know. You know, with the whole COVID situation, yeah. a lot of people are in the same boat. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering. Like one day melts into another inside in a hotel room, and I'm just curious as to what what effect it has on people. You know, what effect has it had on you? Um. To be honest, right, uh, it's not as much, I, I think, you know, I do think um, having people quarantined in a hotel is the right thing to do. Um, so I'd always, I wouldn't be too concerned about the personal effect of my mental health or, or anything like that, which it wasn't good, let's be honest. Yeah. You're kind of just being thrown into a box. You're let out for 15 minutes, four hours a day. Um, the vast majority of people who are getting texting me or calling me or commenting on this are saying, if you want to travel, that's the price you pay. You, you, you're inclined to agree with that, are you? Um, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I completely agree, I think. Yeah, but I think there should be a degree of, of kind of fairness put into it. it. Like, it depends on what you're traveling for. And it should also depend on, look, how, how effectively can you actually quarantine um, on your own in when you're coming back into Ireland. Yeah, but they're, they're saying that people weren't, you see. 
Yeah, yeah, Tell- yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, okay. and it's you know, but the people don't do a lot of things, and you know, it's it's up just to the nanny state that we live in to look after us because it seem, it seemingly we're we're unable to look after ourselves, you know. And the t- nineteen to twenty-four year old age gap COVID rates are kind of showing that. So well, that's the difference. Though. Um, in my conversation with Keith, he was talking about quite an amount of people who are. Uh, from India didn't go into quarantine. Uh, was it the same yeah. on your flight? Yeah, so it was a bit alarming. Um, so I'm well-travelled enough now to know, you know, I'll know Hindi when I hear it now that I'm not exactly fluent, but, you know, I can pick up a couple of words here or there. Um, but uh, so usually what I do on flights, I kind of learned from, from travelling internationally, an awful lot of people don't choose the back of the plane. So, of course, I always choose the back of the plane because if I'm more likely to get a road free to myself, you know, yeah, the back of the plane. So I booked uh, the back of the plane um, coming back from Amsterdam. And um, so there was two two rows, the back two rows of seats, um I'd say there probably would have been so if there's six rows, six seats in a row, so that's there's probably about twelve seats. I'd say about ten of those seats would have been um, guys that were, if they weren't hailing from India, uh, you know, they were assuming, you know, they were speaking Hindi, you know. Uh, I'm assuming that that's where they were coming from. Yeah, um, they yeah. didn't have to quarantine. Yeah, uh, this is after four, you know, at least four days because I was a bit nervous myself. If I'm not, if I'm honest, because I was watching the news, and it was like I think it was at four days of record high death rates there from COVID varied. Yeah, um, but if if you came back on the twenty fifth, I checked this yesterday. This yeah, yeah, yeah I, th- I, I checked it yesterday, and I think I'm right in saying that India went on the red list on the twenty seventh of April, two days later. Right, you know? right. I think uh, I, I'm sure it's a couple of days after that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure, okay. but okay. yeah, it, you know. And again, it's 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 no one's fault that they can get through quarantine or they can't. But there was COVID on the flight. Uh, well, I know there was COVID very near me on the flight because I got a text and a call from the HSE who confirmed it, and it was a COVID variant of concern. Was it an in- the Indian variant? Um, right, they didn't tell me. Okay. They just said it was a variant of concern. Okay. Um, I okay. have it in a text message and I got a call of the HSE. They told me there was someone that was sitting in the flight next to me. Um, so I got a text, uh, I think, the day after I left. Did they say uh, it was somebody sitting next to you? Um, well, they said it was in close proximity. Okay. Someone on the flight. So, I mean, I don't know how do you define close proximity, right. right? Okay, okay. Say no more than but, that. But, um, yeah, so uh, I got a text then and then they kind of, they get me a call on Sunday. Um, and then said, yeah, look, you're in close contact. And I said, well, look, I did quarantine. I got the two negative PCRs, you know, so I get, you get one on day one, I think, and then you get another one on day 10. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and you were fine. And you stayed in the Croke Park Hotel. What was that like? Um, oh, honestly, the hotel itself was great. Uh, obviously, you know, you'd want to be staying there in happier times. Of course. But also, it, like, it almost, it, the, the staff were great. The food was good. Um, honestly, cannot fault the hotel. Um, just you know, kind of having the having the. Obviously, you'd want to be staying there in better times, but the hotel itself was great. I gotcha. Not fault yeah, the hotel. Yeah. Keith said the food. I think Keith was in the Crown. I think the food was pretty wogeous. Well, you're saying yeah. the opposite. That's good news. Yeah, honestly, there's no problem. It was good. It was healthy. And uh, you paid eighteen hundred bucks. Uh, no, I so. 
<clears throat> uh, I was uh, asked the question basically. So when when you check out, uh, they ask you a question. Look, are you going to pay? And then I said, look, you know, I'm kind of I'm mid thirties of a mortgage. I can't just suddenly magic, you know, two grand out of somewhere or whatever it is, one thousand eight hundred and whatever it is. I can't come okay, up. Okay. Okay. You know, and I've um I've no one to ask for it. So I was like, look, I can't pay it. Um, and then they said, right, fine. So it's a matter for the state. So I don't know what happens. So the payment now, is discretionary then? You didn't have to pay? Uh, no. Okay. No. However, right, they did say, look, it's a matter for the state. So then I was like, okay. So I don't know now. Is it a situation that I have to pay it back week by week, month by month? Be interesting to see if there's a follow-up on that bill. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, I doubt it. I mean, I don't can't say with any amount of certainty, obviously, but I think yeah, a fair well, and compassionate system would be if you haven't yeah. got it, you know, you can't but pay like, it. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a rogue pull, um, especially for, you know, like the thing is I haven't done anything wrong during this quarantine. You know, I haven't been having house parties. I've yeah. been social distancing. I've yeah. been doing everything correct. And then it's kind of the gift you get for that is, is okay, so now you come back and it's kind of either you pay the 2K or you're... You no, know. but you didn't. And they said, okay, that's going to be a matter for the state. Let's see what happens there. Did you spend the 11 days worrying about the bill? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, because, you know, like, I don't know. It's not like I think, you know, and nearly all the population of Ireland has probably never been in that situation before. None of us have, you know, because it's, it's, it's new. So it's like, um, right, what happens, you know? And then I was kind of worried because I had to come back to Cork and I was going like, oh, God, so if I, if I refuse to pay now... Is it a case that I'm going to be brought up in front of a judge? I know, I know. And I doubt all of that, but I'd love if you would come back to me if you do hear something back, or you know, maybe other yeah, people listening right. might have an opinion on that as to whether they will chase you for it. I'd be surprised yeah, well, if the they thing do. Is that, you know, you can, you can chase people all you want, but you know, you can't squeeze something out of someone. That gotcha, have, gotcha. You know. Okay, all right, okay. And there was there was COVID on the plane. You know, that's important. It's important to say yeah. that's why we have quarantine. There was COVID well, on the plane, and, and that's the thing. And especially when it's a very into concern like that, you know, and it's yeah. kind of. You, you know, you're there, you're doing the right thing, and then your gift is, right, fork over two grand for doing it. You know, it's a bit, you know, doesn't leave a good taste in the mouth. I know, right? I know. Okay. Thanks so much, Shane. Stay in touch, particularly if you hear anything back. Share that uh, story. I know I mentioned this some, some weeks back, but it's been moved along now where adopted people will be able to get access to their birth certificates even if their parent um, indicates they don't, they don't want to be identified. There's new legislation published on it today which states that nobody will be denied access to their information under the proposed new law. That if you want to get your birth cert and you want to find out who your parents were, you will be able to do that. You'll be able to get the birth cert even if your birth parent or parents don't wish to be identified. It will still happen. Um, the minister says it is the fair, it is the compassionate and the right thing to do for people to give rights to adopted people to seek information about who their parents were, regardless of their parents' right to privacy. I found that quite interesting because uh, I received an email on this um, only some days ago, actually, um, and clearly 
And the email says, you will understand why I'd prefer if my name and details were withheld. I have them here, so thank you for it. Um, and the email says, let me begin my letter to you with a little background information on myself. I'm 60 years of age this year, and I grew up in a happy home on a small farm in the country. Money was tight, as I have three siblings. My parents worked the farm. They were old-fashioned, church-fearing people with strict morals who wanted more for their children than a life on the land. 42 years ago, when I was 18 years old, having completed my Leaving Cert, I was studying to become a secretary and I had my future life all mapped out. I was going to get a big job in Cork and make lots of money, buy a big house, get married and settle down and all that before the age of 22. That was my plan. However, as you know, life is a way of making itself its presence felt. Uh, And that year, I discovered to my horror uh, that I was pregnant at the age of 18. I had seen a local lad on and off for about a year. He was not the man of my dreams or the man I imagined my future would be with. So learning of my pregnancy was not a happy moment for me. I was too young. I was scared of the future, scared about what my parents would say, and even more scared what the neighbours would say. Remember, small farm in the country, what the neighbours would say. So I took the difficult decision to keep my pregnancy from them all. I told an aunt about my situation, and having talked through my options with her, I decided I would travel to Dublin, give birth, and give my child up for adoption. This was not an easy decision to make but one that I have been happy with over the years, as I believe my son was given a better start in life than I could ever have given him all those years ago. I think of him on his birthday. I think of him at Christmas every year, and I wish him well, and I hope that he has found a happy path in his life. But my heart nearly stopped when I heard the news that a bill is to go before the doll that would give adopted people a legal right to a copy of their birth certificate. This would give adoptees the legal right to access their birth records, giving them their mother's name, but not her contact details, I believe. I'm really worried about this, as we all know how easy it is to find someone with a quick Google search, particularly if you have an unusual name, which indeed mine is. My question to you is, where are my rights in all of this? Where is my right to privacy? 42 years ago, I made a decision that would impact my son for the rest of his life, and I didn't make that decision lightly. I wanted the best for him. I didn't want him spoken about in hushed whispers in my local village. I didn't want my parents to have to explain him away. And maybe very selfishly, I didn't want to shoulder the responsibility for a baby at 18 years of age. However, through the adoption process, I did ensure that my son would have a better start to his life, much better than anything I could offer him back in 1978. And I resent that decision being questioned now. Does anyone know out there what my rights are now? You'll understand if I ask you, please don't give up my name and details. And I won't. Um, And I think that puts it very much in perspective. I wonder, are there many people now worried about this change to legislation, which will be published today, which will give adopted children who've now grown up into adulthood um, rights to their birth cert because they're entitled to their birth cert aren't they I mean it's who you are it's your roadmap in life isn't it and just curious as to whether you know all those years later uh, and you're 60 now 
Is there any part of you at all that would like now, you know, at the age of 60, uh, a son who's in his early 40s, that you would like to meet or just to reach out or have a conversation or a cup of coffee and, you know... I'm not saying acknowledge him as your son because you have never not done that. You've always acknowledged him as your son. But are, are you, is there any bit of you that's curious that you would just love to see what kind of a young man he's grown into or what kind of a life he's had so far and what his plans and dreams were? You know, um, complete the circle if you like. I'm just, I'm just curious about that. Anyway, your thoughts are welcome. Uh, particularly if you'd like to share your own story, email neil at redfm.ie. Pick up the phone, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. If you'd like to respond to that email, text 086-8104-106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 1850-104-106. Red FM. Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are uh, you? Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for getting in touch. You're one of um, other parents who've been in touch regarding... Um, let, let me call it religious and sex education in primary and secondary schools on Leaside. One parent has sent me uh, photocopies of what I think is their daughter taking um, screen grabs of the um, projector, you know, where they're obviously having a class. And in the class, they're talking about families and relationships. And the daughter has taken a photograph of the screen in the classroom and it says children have a natural right to a mother and a father and this is the best environment for them where possible it is therefore deserving of special recognition um, there's another screenshot of the screen in the classroom married love is a unique form of love between a man and a woman uh, to seek to redefine the nature of marriage would be to undermine the fundamental building blocks of our society I think that's mind-blowing, considering we passed a referendum yeah. on same-sex marriage. Is, is this what's being taught? I mean, is this, is this what's concerning you? It's hugely concerning me. So what, what happened was on April 15th, um, the Flourish Relationships and Sexuality Program, which was developed by the um, Irish Catholics Bishop Conference, was published on, online. And this is already live on some schools' websites. So this is coming in unless we actually act against this. So there's been some, one of the major issues with it is this um, privileging of a marriage as that being between a, a man and a woman. Yeah, man and woman. Which actually doesn't reflect our, you know, our recent referendum. But it also, as Roisin Shortall called out, there's a, there's, it proposes a hierarchy of what a family is. And at the very bottom of that is anyone who's bereaved, who's a single parent, and anyone from the LGBTQT. Um, community. So there's a whole kind of um, hierarchy of what is kind of um, appreciated and valued in under that particular ethos. So that's a major issue with it. It's another way of excluding children that potentially are coming in and carrying maybe hurt in, in some cases if there's bereavement or a breakup and it's exacerbating that when you're privileging a particular view of what a family is. And it's a heteronormative view. Like, we, we're growing, we're adjusting, we're becoming a more inclusive society. And this, to me, is a retrograde step. And, um, and that's only one of the issues. Yeah, okay. Secondary school has been teaching their students homophobic religious classes where they say a mom and a dad are needed to create normal children. That's in quotes, actually. I don't know if that's accurate to put that in quotes. They are teaching that same-sex relationships are not real or valid. They are also demonizing single parents in these classes. The school has threatened students with detention and suspension for speaking up about this and already have given out to students for getting their parents involved. Does that come as news to you? 
it's it's sadly no. Um, one of one of the issues with the RSE program, at, as it stands, the religious and sexu- sexual relationships and sexuality education program, is that there's this kind of um, recognition that um, by the Department of Education, I think it's under the Education Act, that the ethos of the school can determine how the content is treated. And we've got research showing that many teachers don't feel equipped or have undergone enough professional development to feel confident in rolling out this. So as a consequence, some bodies come into the school, parents don't always know who those organisations are. Some are coming from backgrounds that maybe the parents wouldn't be necessarily in agreement with. Are you, are you um, saying that in some cases teachers are refusing to teach this ethos? Not not so much, but I think there's a discomfort in 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 running out the, the older programs. So the National Curriculum, the National Council for Curriculum Assessment is undergoing a massive overhaul of relationships and sexuality education. Jess Casey in the exam has written a brilliant piece on this on the 4th of May, going through the full consultation process. And they're bringing in more up-to-date information okay. around STIs, contraceptives, but also around digital media use, because that's a huge concern for parents, because that's often where students and kids kids hit up against some of these really concerning kind of imagery and and, um, understandings of sexuality. So it needs an update. It's happening and it's happening in a very consultative way. This Flourish program is coming in left of centre without due consultation and is specifically aimed at primary education. Yeah, Well, I mean, I have uh, emails from secondary as well. Mm. Uh, And I have a second one here. It came to my attention last week that in religious class for sixth years, 17 and 18 year old students, that a teacher said that it is sinful to be gay and six students got up and left the room. They were allegedly chastised for this and the school is apparently making every effort to keep it under wraps. I can't come on air as my 15 year old daughter has asked me not to. I trust you will contact the school for comment. We did. We haven't got a response yet. Uh, this teacher should retire before she is responsible for yetting for yet another young person taking their lives. And then I have screen grabs then of uh, the screen in the classroom. Children have a natural right to a mother and a father, etc., etc. Um, like it's as deeply upsetting, and, and you can imagine at that point well, in someone's in their own development. That's often where they are aware of emerging sexuality. But here we are in... in language. Yeah, because here we are in secondary schools, say with a 16 or 15, 16, 17-year-old who may be gay, who may be trans, who might have divorced parents, who might have no dad in the house, no ma'am. We know that suicide rates are higher among the LGBTQ um, Mm -hmm. uh, community, you're aware of that. Um, And and this is not helping to fit in. Yeah. You know? And Neil, another point that was raised by the INTO, um, I think he's the Vice President or Secretary General, more than 4,000 teachers coming from an LGBTQT background keep their identity hidden because of fear of Im- impact on their promotion. Because why? They're in Catholic... Job. Why? Because they're in... No, one they're of LGBTQT the- in a Catholic ethos. Okay. Potentially, like when you consider, I think it's a 50% of our secondary schools and 90% of primary schools fall under Catholic patronage. It's a big, it's a big issue. But hold, but hold on a, a second. A that's, bigger, that's right. Mm-hmm. But they... But they're all publicly funded schools. So Absolutely. it's the government and the taxpayer is paying to keep these Catholic primary and secondary schools open. But the patronage trumps the, at the moment, and this is the thing that needs to be directly tackled, because even with the Flourish program, people are saying, oh, well, it won't be, be brought in. Teachers have the choice of not teaching it. You do not have a choice. If, a, if the patron of a school determines that something should be taught there, 
their their position would trump any individual teacher. But here's my point. It is being taught mm-hmm. right now. It is, it is being taught as in the RSC program is being rolled out in secondary schools. This new Flourish program is has just come off the has just been launched in the on the 15th of April, I think is when we saw it first. Myself and another friend who who's really concerned about And it. do you know do you know of parents whose children sit out this lesson or anything? The should this be coming in as it stands, I, I think anyone that's coming from um non religious or minority religion would have huge problems with their children attending because every single lesson plan is interweaving of Catholic faith. And it's it suggests that the only the, the values that are imbued in it are fine. They're universal values that are enshrined in our, um, you know, human international declaration of human rights. Absolutely support all of those. But it's the suggestion that puberty is a gift from God, that we're perfectly designed to procreate with them. There is language around um, that the, the woman's role is privileged to become a mother. That, that's your ultimate um, goal in life is to become a mom rather than, you know, ignoring all the people that maybe through choice or biology don't become mothers nor, nor necessarily have that in mind. And then there's also language in there around the, the where life begins. It's a complete intertwining of Catholic ethos throughout primary school um, curriculum, which is essential. It's enshrined in our constitution that kids in primary school actually get this. Article 42.32 of the constitution requires the state to, to educate our children around these topics. And yet we're bringing in this, this information that's factually inaccurate. And at the same time, well, we're wasting class time on religious indoctrination when they could actually be learning something really practical about consent and about bodily autonomy, which would serve them well in their future lives. And do you think this would be reversed? I know that Leah Varadkar has weighed in on it. So has uh, Minister Education Minister Norma Foley. Um, it's been so weak, Neil. Like all they've said is well, that he, if, we need to, if we need to bring in legislation, we will. There is an objective. Um, education bill sitting in the doll since 2018 that's your legislation get that enacted and this this is already on schools websites i don't think it's a case of will it come in and can it be it needs to be we need parents talking to tds we need parents talking to schools we need parents talking to their local media and absolutely objecting to this but again do you think that there are children who are sitting out and uh, doing alternative things when this class is on at the moment there there would be and look that is parents um choice like i i know that happens more so in like there's um the um, busy bodies program and the stay safe program and some parents have the the choice to to keep their children out of those lessons they're the ones that have been ruled out by the state because look i suppose the reality is is every everything has some ethos that's embedded in it whether it be a catholic ethos or a more liberal ethos and some people maybe coming from a more conservative or religious view might feel uncomfortable with some of those materials that is their choice, but to, to impose a Catholic ethos in this day and age that is out of step with our inclusive um, modern yeah. society yeah, and, yeah. and not giving factual information is, is, is just a derogation of duty. Okay, I'd love concerned. to get some other people's thoughts um, on the basis of our conversation. Perhaps they were aware, perhaps they were not. But be- before I let you go, do, I mean, like in traditional primary schools as we know them are there still prayers you know the Our Father the Hail Mary passages from the Bible Adam and Eve is all of that still taught 
it is. So there's about 30 minutes, I think, of religious instruction. My, my own daughter is in second class and she just, she sits out those things and she's she's happy to kind of hear the stories, but she does never feel like she needs to engage. It can vary from school to school. And can I ask you, are, uh, can I, ask you I don't mean to be overly personal, but, but she yeah. sits out be, on, on, on your request, is it? On, on my request, she listens in. My, my younger fellow's in junior infants and he listens and he comes home with the stories and he tells. And I think it's important in a way when you consider our broader culture and our history, it's, it's okay to know those stories and to get them from a kind of a cultural perspective. But for the 22% of the country that don't identify as Catholic, which is our census from 2016, the figures are probably higher now, then you are being excluded on a regular basis from school. And I think it's fine to have it in religious instruction in religion class, but not in other subject areas and nothing as essential as relationships and sexuality education. It's crucial for our future society to get this right. Okay, let's get some other thoughts on it. Um, People can text 0868104106. Thank you for taking the call, Catherine appreciate it thank you so much appreciate it actually in that conversation with Catherine just there I read out an email which actually came in from the parents that came to my attention last week that a religious class for sixth years which would be 17 and 18 year old students that a teacher said that it is sinful to be gay and six students left the room Uh, they were allegedly chastised for this and the school is apparently making every effort to keep it under wraps Uh, can't come on air as my 16 year old daughter has asked me not to but I trust you will contact the school for comment. This teacher should retire before she's responsible for yet another young person taking their life. Another email then, please help. A girls' secondary school in Cork has been teaching their students homophobic religious classes where they say a mom and dad are needed to create normal children. And they're teaching that same-sex relationships are not real or not valid. They also demonize single parents in these classes. Uh, The school has threatened students with detention or suspension for speaking up about this and already have given out to a student for getting parents involved. Please help. Like on the the surface, doesn't that sound bizarre? Like as if they're trying to indoctrinate or teach students firstly against their will and against the will of their parents and secondly, trying to keep it under wraps saying, you know, do not speak to anybody about this. It's almost like cultish. I have photo- photographs then sent to me. Um, these are obviously taken with mobile phones in the class of the projector screen. Um, and this would be from a Cork school class where it says, children have a right, a natural right to a mother and a father. And this is the best environment for them where possible. It is therefore deserving um, of special recognition and promotion by the state. What is deserving of special recognition? A child's natural right to a mother and a father. And then there's another screen grab of the projector screen, which says married love is a unique form of love between a man and a woman. To seek to redefine the nature of marriage would be to undermine um, the fact that it is the fundamental building block of our society which flies completely in the face with regards to changes in legislation and the correct recognition of same-sex marriages and same-sex relationships and people who are gay. Now, that's the bishops are saying that, not the state, because what's being rolled out by the state is the social, personal and health education curriculum. Um, But the problem is in the Catholic schools then, the bishops and the Catholic Church have input as well. And it's their stamping what I've just mentioned on it there with the um, natural right of the mother and the father, that really, you know, the best type of family is a family with a mammy and a daddy. 
Uh, okay, so that's my understanding of it in general. But your thoughts are welcome on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Annie, good morning. Hello. Thanks for holding. Okay, what do you make of it all? What's on your mind? Um, it, my main concern was the heading of that article yesterday, stating that um, you know, sex education information on LGBTQ community um, to be inclusive in religion. It's completely it runs parallel to religion. It should not be you know, associated with religion. But my main thing is that I think there's a severe lack of, do you know, a cultural education, do you know, an education for children to grow up in, in that when I was in secondary school in science, we were taught how to wire a plug. None of my children have been taught to wire a plug. There should be, um, like, an, I don't even know what to describe it, like an independent education for children to be taught basic hygiene, you know, basic accounting, information that's going to help them throughout their life. Not, you know, like you said, indoctrinate them into a, a form of thinking to do with their sex education or, you know... But, but, but whose responsibility, who's responsibility is sex education? Um, whose responsibility is sexually transmitted diseases, information about aspects of like that? Um, sexual relationships, is, 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 does that not well, belong yeah. in the school? It, no, well, it, it does in a sense, but as a, as a parent, I'm a parent of five, and I think this should be, it should be like, you know, a trifecta. It's the school, it's the parents, and it's your GP. You know, it should not fall to one area, because, I mean, my children are fortunate enough, you know, that I'm at home, and I can explain to them, you know, this and that, and sex education, STIs, basic health, but there are some children in this country, and it's very unfortunate for them. They may not have that standing at home. You know, they may be in care. They may come from, you know, a damaged home, you know, parents who are just unable to provide that information. So for them, children, it's very, very good for them to have another outlet where they can receive this information. Yeah. And yeah. given that that's, that's kind of, a, that's important information, wherever they're getting it from. My, my, can I just cut to the chase here? Can I, because this is so broad, I won't be able to deal with all aspects. Of it, but I want to know what your thoughts are. There are 3,000, nearly 3,000 Catholic primary schools around the country. They're, yeah. they're funded by the Irish state. The taxpayer funds it. Is it right that those primary schools or indeed the secondary schools are are giving advice, if you like? Or sorry, actually, they're not giving advice. They are telling students um, that the best relationship is a relationship where a child has a mammy and a daddy and that all others no. are sinful. That's what I want to know. No, no, I'm I'm actually horrified when I heard that while I was on hold. I can't believe that that is what is being taught in some schools. And in in my opinion, I don't believe that. Um, I think there's too much of a heavy hand with the Catholic Church in schools. This needs to be pulled back a bit. You know, I mean, we're trying to fight schools not requesting births or not birth certs, um, baptismal certs. You know on registration in school, that should not be allowed. It should not matter whether you're baptized or not, you're still entitled to an education. This whole concept of Catholic schools needs to be re-established. It needs to be um, re-evaluated, really. I don't understand the need for a Catholic church to be involved in how sex education is taught with children, considering they enact a vow of celibacy. So it's quite ironic that a Catholic, the Catholic church has any say in this whatsoever. Um, there, there are texts coming in saying if you send your children to a Catholic school then you should expect the Catholic preaching and the Catholic ethos if not, 
don't send them to a Catholic school. But that, that's all well and good. But I mean, you're you're very dependent on what's in your area. Some children, they, some parents, they might only have a Catholic school in their area if they don't have a bus. If they don't have a car, they need the child to go to the bus. They can't afford a private bus. They go for bus air, and bus air will only take their child to the school. Loads and loads of towns and villages, of course, would only have Catholic schools. You're saying. Yeah, and I within mean, the Catholic easy. schools, they are saying that they are saying to students, "You cannot redefine the nature of marriage." You can redefine the nature of marriage. That, that says unbelievable. the bishops are saying in the schools, and there's going up on the screens in front of the kids to seek to redefine the nature of marriage would be to undermine the fundamental building block of society. Yeah, so you're you're talking to a country where. If the church had its say, there wouldn't be same-sex marriage. There's only same-sex marriage because the Irish people chose to vote this in, that this was allowed. I mean, the Catholic Church should have no standing in sex education in a school. Absolutely none. No, but if, even if you forget about that, if forget about the sex education as to how to make babies or what sex is for. I'm talking about um, educating children as to what a family unit should consist of or of what or what love is. Yeah, well, this all stems right back to our government. It stems right back to our constitution. No, the, the government are freaking the out. No, the government of Leo Varadkar is freaking out over this, incidentally. And so uh, is Norman Foley. They, I mean, they, need, they need to make a formal standing. The government won't make a formal standing against the Catholic Church because of the hand the Catholic Church has in the running of our country. I mean, there's still a huge, huge connection between the Catholic Church and the state. That needs to be redefined. Okay. Massively. Let me get some more calls and texts after the break, after 11. But thank you, Annie. Appreciate it. Pick up the phone. Text 0868104106. Call 1850104106. Hey, it's Killian. Join me Sundays from 10 for loads of music, a bit of chat, and my mildly interesting facts of the weekend. It's the Sunday 10 to 2 show with Killian on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106. Red FM. Emma says, is the Neil Prendeville Show. Emma says, isn't it a parent's job? Schools have a role to play in certain aspects, but education is also a parent's responsibility. Some schools are bound by certain ethos and therefore will be limited in how far they can open children's minds. Um, as in, like, are you saying that within, with aspects about love, aspects of human relationships, aspects of family, sex, it, that all belongs in the home. Um, what of religion then? Is there any role for that in, in schools anymore now? Um, the issue here is within Catholic schools, of course. Anyway, John is standing by. So is James. So is Eileen. First up, Anna, good morning. Morning, Neil. Okay, what are your thoughts on all this? And I have reams of text. This all came to my attention first when I was contacted by teachers who were sending me screenshots of what was going on in Cork primary and secondary schools. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'd be absolutely horrified if that was being taught to my children. Um, I'm in a different position where my child isn't Catholic, but I did send him to a Catholic school because for us it was more important for him to go to school where he lives than the ethos being taught within the school. So there I wasn't an educate together or something, I know. No. Not not locally and not within a like a comfortable okay. distance okay. to work into our, our daily life. Um, and it was, I've had it, like I had it said to me at the school gate of like, oh, if you don't like the Catholic religion, you shouldn't have sent him to a Catholic school. I think it's very unfair. There's very few alternative schools. Did another parent say that to you, was it? Yeah, it was another parent said it to me. The school has been fantastic. 
Um, he did religion to begin with because he felt left out. Now he doesn't do religion. He's in second class. I stopped it in first class because I knew he wouldn't be making a first communion. So I didn't want him Why? to be extra excluded. You might be interested in, in this text, incidentally, with, particularly with regards to small, small children. It says, with regards to your conversation on air with religion, I had to say a prayer about water with my child last night. Also about water. I, I don't know how that works out. But also at Easter, she was traumatized learning about the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, not appropriate, in my opinion, to be teaching a five-year-old child or five-year-old children about nailing a man to the cross and his mother having to sit watching him die. I was not equipped to answer her questions on this. Driving nails into a man and putting thorns in his head is not the kind of story we should be sharing with a five-year-old. I know um, children in my son's school had nightmares around the same topic. Um, so I totally agree with that. Um, I'm not against religion whatsoever. I just feel that if people want their children to do religion, I feel the owner should be more on the parents than the school. I feel there would be way less first communions if the parents had to go to communion classes with their children and it had nothing to do with schools. Like if I am um, baptised Church of Ireland, if I do decide for my child to go forward and make a confirmation or any of these things within the Church of Ireland, it will totally be our responsibility to facilitate it. So I just feel that across the board, if the religion came down to the parents' responsibility, there would be probably less communions and confirmations and it would be an equal playing field for every religion, race and everything. But there are a lot of children whose parents are not religious who go to Catholic schools and sit out religion and they don't get communed and they don't get confirmed. Uh, yes, there are, but that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of them who do it because it's done for them. What do you mean? Because the school facilitates it. No, they sit out all of that. All they have to do is buy the dress and show up on the day. Um, I think that there's also an amount of parents who do go along with it for their children because they don't want their children to feel left out, but it has no religious significance at all. Yeah, well, I'm not saying like I'm, you know, each to their own. If you're into it, perfect, do it. But I do feel there are so many people who do it just because it's readily and freely available within the schools. That is the responsibility of learning all about the religion, preparing for the communion classes, preparing for the confirmation classes. Well, down to the parents, bringing them to... No one would be getting communed and confirmed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. in the, like, within the Church of Ireland, that was what we had to do. Like, our parents had to bring us two confirmation classes for us to make our confirmation. Um, you know, so it's very Church different. of Ireland um, have extracurricular activity on Sundays, don't they, for that? They do, and to be honest, I'm not practising okay, okay. my religion, so I'm, I, I won't in Catholic go schools. so much, but I am just yeah. saying I do feel that it would benefit every child if inclusion and maybe religious is taught within the schools rather than any particular religious ethos. Okay, all right. Well, there are those that say Catholic schools can teach Catholic religion. John? Hi, yeah. Thanks, Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Go ahead. You have, to, have, you, have, you, have you children, incidentally? Uh, indeed, yes, I do. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, thankfully, the, the, well, they don't live with me, but uh, still, you know, uh, I'm like uh, the girl she was talking before me. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, religion is like alcohol. I don't want it to be illegal. I just wanted to be outside of the workplace, schools, and government decisions. And like alcohol, 
until I believe they are ready to use it. I want it to be out of the reach of my children. Okay. That's you want you want out. religion like alcohol to be out of the reach of your children. Why? Yes. Because it's, uh, it's no hand. Uh, well, you know, I, I've been right here over 18 years and I turned atheist uh, right here in Ireland. You're atheist, um, okay. Yeah. Yes, I am an atheist um, over 11 years ago um, and I am I'm more grateful than ever that to found the light on the, you know, on what it makes sense, you know, mm. that there's, there's no such thing as imaginary gods. Imaginary gods. Okay. Then yes. why have you? Why do you have children in Catholic schools? Then where religion? Well, because there's no choice. You know, that's, that's it's like uh, since since the um, since prior before the independence of Ireland, we see that the the, Cato the Catholic um, um, uh, Rome, you know, uh, took advantage of of, of uh, the Presbyterianism of, of, of the Protestant uh, Christianity of the English, and they took advantage of the uh, of the Irish, trying to to influence, uh, and they did. And, and and since then, they were controlling. And you know, you I, no. Listen, did. if you want a history lesson, that's fine. No, uh, no, that's and, fine. It, what I'm but, saying, but there was there was also if, there was also a period where you need to rewind the clock. And I accept that you're from originally from Colombia. Perfect. There perfect, was there were perfect, penal yeah. times here. When Catholicism was outlawed, the pain of death and Protestantism and and, uh, and English religion was enforced upon the Irish. The churches were taken. I know. I'm aware yeah. of that. So, of so if there was a pushback, it was deservedly so to push back to what once had been there in the past. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but it's still look. Uh, I think that uh, uh, you know we have two referendums. One of 2019. Well, overwhelmingly won by 66.4% by the marriage equality, uh, you know, uh, same-sex marriage. See, the, Prior, that's, the, uh, that's the bigger point. Bishops are saying and, and that homosexuality is a, sin, is a sin. Yeah, and then we have the blasphemy law out of the Constitution order who was implemented in 2020. The what? The what, so, sorry? The blasphemy law blasphemy, out of the yeah. Constitution. Yeah, blasphemy, you know, yeah, uh, no, yeah. no swear, you know, never, no one being locked up in Ireland, only one person, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sure. That's you know, gone uh, now, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And why, I mean, you know, why you should influence, I mean, you know, like, like the girl was talking to me uh, prior to me. Yeah. I think that should be, you know, it's up to their families. And their and their and, and and their families that their own low, uh, religion, you know, should teach. Okay, but, uh, so no it, practice in the schools. Okay, not in the schools. All right, appreciate that. Thank you, John. Um, there are many students in schools, of course, who are gay, uh, who are trans, who are children of divorced parents, who are children where there is no dad or there is no ma'am. Um, they also themselves may well be sitting in a class where they're being told as gay teens themselves. Um, that they are sinners, because that's pretty much what the bishops are saying with regards to uh, the, key, the, 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 the Catholic ethos within Catholic schools. Um, your thoughts are welcome on that text 0868104106.
pick up the phone on 1850-104-106 after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Lucia says children don't need religion in any school. It's not important. It shouldn't be in school. They should get extra PE instead of religion. Let the kids move some more. Uh, Ashley says not acceptable to have a religious ethos in any school. Kids could be allowed to learn about world religions as a brief part of social studies, but that's it. Any religious education should be taught at home and in church, not in school. The schools are paid for by the taxpayer, and the taxpayers are of all religions and indeed none. Um, Think again about that text of the five-year-old being taught and traumatized about Jesus being nailed to the cross with a crown of thorns and his mother sitting down at the end, lying or crouched down at the end of the cross, crying and watching him die. It's kind of traumatizing for a five-year-old, isn't it? Uh, Christine, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Good. Thanks for holding. You're concerned about what? Uh, Concerned about a few things. Um, Like this seems to be two extremes um, on the one hand you have teachers condemning homosexuality but on the other hand you have um, this sex education uh, um, I don't know if it's come into the primary schools yet but it's definitely been trained to come into the primary schools um, I'd be concerned you know at both extremes you know I think there needs to be more balance you know there needs to be more respect um, more understanding on both sides um, uh, well, it, let, let me just drill in. Let me just drill into this. See, see if I can get your thoughts. You're, you're, you're saying you know that the Catholic Church, or that there are priests of the country this week who did bless same-sex marriages, in fairness to them. But but the teaching for the Vatican is that homosexuality or to be gay is a sin against God. So that would be, you know, that would be the reason why. Um, you know, jump in if you want. But that would be the reason why within classes you would have uh, screens. Um, screenshots that have been sent here saying that married love is a unique, u- unique form of love between a man and a woman. So if you were a, if you were a gay teenager, how, how are you going to feel in a class when that's up on the screen in front of you? Mm, not very good. Not very good. But, um, like, you know, it's very easy to, to guess emotion about these things and, you know, go to one extreme or another. But I think what parents need to be very aware and um, very vigilant because on the recommended reading list for secondary schools, some of the books, some very, very dark stuff. Like what? In those books. Um, I don't know, but if you go on to irishparentsblogspot.com, it will give you a lot of details. Apparently, it's quite sordid and, you know, the and graphic and is it, what, like what, okay you don't, if you haven't seen it you don't know is, is it like sex education or something well murder and sex yeah rape murder sex uh, you know fairly gruesome stuff and that's already you know on recommended reading lists for secondary school children Um what, what I'd like uh, to know, no, I'd like well, to know uh, no, like in fairness it could be warning children about rape or warning children about sex sexual assault no well what I've been told these are novels you know okay, okay. Um, but you can get all the details in Irish 
parentsblogspot.com. I'll do that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that. You, Much yeah. concerned yeah. about is the sex education. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's come into primary schools or not, but I'd be very concerned about that. You know, that like children. As, you know, okay. At, I don't. Know, at what yeah. age have yeah. you have you do you have children? No, I don't have children. Okay. But okay. why should primary school, children of primary school age be taught about abortion and gender change? Because I, because I don't know what, at, at what age that begins to be taught or discussed. I don't know whether it is primary or whether that discussion happens in secondary school, but I'm, I'm sure people, I'm sure people will, will, will let me know and inform me. All right, Christine, thank you so much. Text 0868104106. James. Good morning to you, Neil. Okay, um, uh, Catholic schools, Catholic rules. Catholic bias around this morning, as some of your listeners. I now know what our northern brethren had to go through for years, being, uh, being discriminated and persecuted by their loyalist neighbours until they found a champion in Martin McGuinness. But um, to get back to what you were talking about, uh, Neil. Children have uh, just... Secondary schools in Cork are saying, screens up, saying, children have a natural right to a mother and a father. Yes, I would fully agree with that. We must remember when the Catholic Church is talking about marriage, it is talking about the sacrament of marriage, which is between a man and a woman at the foot of the altar making their vows in the house of the Lord. Married love is a unique form of love between a man and a woman, and it um, should not be redefined because it it would undermine the fundamental building blocks of our society. Yes, yes, we're, we're talking about the LGBT or a tiny minority. We pander to minorities now very much so. Now, as far as the building block society, yes, we would not have any future generation unless you've heterosexual having children. When two men come together in their union, it is not possible for them to have children from that union. Yes, so if we had all same-sex marriage, we'd have no future generation, Neil. You know? So it is a superior union. But is mar- no, forget, forget about procreation. Married love is not a unique form of love between a man and a woman never never was it never it's was unique in the sense that it's the, it's the future generation depends on it also it, no it no people aren't, no people aren't stupid enough not to realize that a man and a man can't procreate we know that yes, we're not that's very important that yeah. is why it is a different union neil completely different no no and they they, they say do not redefine the nature of marriage that the nature of marriage is between a man and a woman. And, and I'm saying, and people have voted and the state has passed law to say that... That, is bis- that's, is that, now, bis- that now could be deemed as a hate crime, you know, saying things like that. Oh, no, no, it's not. We're, we're far too much of that nonsense now. <laughs> so we can't do journalists. And we have journalists now. Journalists now can't open their mouth or they'd lose their jobs if they, if they go against the politically correct lefty liberal philosophy. No, no I mean... Let's remember that this country owes a huge debt of gratitude to the Catholic Church. There would be no education system in this country without the North Monastery, St. Vincent's Convent, North Prison Convent. Uh, Nano Nagel. All of that was produced by the Catholic Church. Otherwise, the people of Ireland would have been pig ignorant if the British had their way. So we, for, we forget that. All of the hospitals in this country were built by the Catholic Church. The Mercy Hospital, the hospitals in Dublin, the Northern Family, Southern Family, Bonsa Corps. No, the state didn't build them. It's the Catholic Church built them. We seem to forget. Yo, and, and, and no, thank you. Thank you for the history lesson. It needs to be told. But suicide rates were never higher now, particularly amongst kids who just feel as if they don't fit in. You're not helping them. The reason we have suicide, Neil, is this. The falling away from God. That is the reason. 
kids are lost now, Neil. They're taking drugs at 12 and 13 years old. You see the way they're behaving up here in the north. Some of the reasons could be to do... Because of the falling away from the church. We did not have those problems when children were going to mass and parents were going to mass. We did not have drugs problems. We did not have children out of control in the north. Hang on, James. Of this secular society that is coming in is causing this. It's obvious, Neil. Obvious. It's obvious as the nose in your face. It is the falling away from belief and God. The children are lost. They're taking the drugs at 12 years old. Why are they taking the drugs at 12 years old? If this modern secular society is so wonderful, Neil. Maybe it's maybe it's some of them are taking to drugs or to drink or suicidal thoughts because they're sitting in classrooms and they are gay. No, no, no. And no. they are being they're told that they're... S- that now, and the idea that if hang on a second. Child hang, on a second. And hang on a second. The cross. Children are looking at games. What are those games they're looking at, Neil? They're far worse than any James, person up on the cross. There's rape and murder and car chases and criminality in their games they're watching. So, no, no, it is to fall away from the belief in God, the fall away from the church that it has the children lost. They're lost. They're, they've no direction. They're unhappy. They're committing suicide at 12 years old. When I was young and you were young, Neil, nobody was committing suicide in their teenage years. How do you know? How do you know? It was unheard of, Neil. I've lived in the city all my life. But hang on a second. We would have known it, Neil. There were, a new thing has there were, there were pre, there were priests in the church and the move to the secular society. I've seen it many ways in other countries. Ah, this is this pointless. Is this is just pointless. I might as well just go home. It's just pointless. You're just, you're just. Why, why are you pointless? Because, because you just won't listen to anybody I'm I'm except yourself. No one listen to what everybody say. Okay, you just won't listen. Like you just won't acknowledge. I'll, I'll, I'll say no to you. I'll no. Say, you say whatever you want to firstly, say. Firstly, firstly, you don't acknowledge the amount of priests and Christian brothers that were sexually interfering and raping and molesting children, right? Secondly, you won't acknowledge that there are kids who are in secondary school and possibly in primary school who have who are gay or fancy um, other people who are of the same sex as those. Those um, you, you think that two men cannot rear a child or have a happy home. You talk about love within the Catholic Church and that the, the Catholic Church says it's all about loving thy neighbor. But yet, because people don't fit in, they're not entitled to the same love or the same kind of rights as everybody else, say, for instance, heterosexuals. You know? You understand? Catholic Church, Neil, like, is the only church in the world that when we have a mass back here now, any couple can walk into that church today holding hands whether you're a same-sex couple, a husband, wife, heterosexual, and you are just as welcome as there. There is no other church will welcome you. You will not be welcome in a mosque as a same-sex couple walking and holding hands. You will be not per- permitted in there, Neil. The Vatican says that se- homosexuality is a sin. Uh, the, the Pope is very, very has been very open to the to the LGBT community. No, very, very open. No, I mean, uh, but one of the most open poly- popes, yes. Uh, and uh, so he's very, very liberal. Uh, in fairness to him, uh, so the LGBT have their own philosophy. The Catholic, Church, life, the Catholic so. Church won't even allow women to actively participate in religious ceremonies in the form of being priests. Well, that's all under discussion at the moment. You know, there's a lot of talk about that. That may come. That may come. It's, that a, may come. it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, stra- it's like a straight man's club. But then we know that the Catholic Church then. An awful lot of the priests are gay themselves. I don't know about that, Neil. Uh, To see, unfortunately, what we do is we put a brush across all of the priests in the church uh, when we're talking about abuse, when it is only a tiny minority of priests uh, abuse children. The vast majority of priests were good, good men, the 
just, the just majority of nuns were good nuns. So we have to be very careful about it, putting a brush across the hole of the, you know. Uh, I know you don't do that, Neil. You're always. I know. I mean, you were just going off on one there, and I couldn't get. A, I, I need to balance things, and you're entitled to be a a very passionate Catholic. Cross, Neil, oh, con- oh. I see you're bound to get cross at my age to, to hear this constant Catholic Church bashing, never getting any credit for anything now. Neil, they, they never seem to get any credit for all the education, all the the schools. Are you are you are you losing are you losing your are you losing your reason? Hang on a second, James. James, James, James. Do you know? Do you know when? Do you know when Jack Lynch was educated up in the North Mon? Right. Yes. Okay. The Irish taxpayer paid for his education. The Catholic Church didn't pay for that education. Rome didn't pay for it. The Vatican didn't pay to have Jack Lynch educated. It's Irish people did through their taxes. But they built those the, schools, Neil. Who? The Catholic Church built those schools. I'm not disputing that. And I'm quite sure that a lot of it, done, a lot of it was done on the back of fundraising by Irish people. And I'm quite sure that the state contributed. But no Catholic school paid for any child's education. The state did. Always, always. So the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church didn't educate anybody that they weren't paid to educate. Uh, all the brothers and, right. and, and okay. the nuns were paid by the Catholic Church, Neil, in the schools. The, 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 the state didn't pay the nuns who worked in the schools. The, the church paid them, Neil, and paid for their keep, not the state. No, 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 no. The Department, the Department of Education, the Department of Education, were paid for by the Department of Education. They got free nurses, free nursing from the nuns. No, no. The Department of Education paid. The Department of Education paid subvention for every single student in Irish schools. But as I said, it was a, it was a two-way thing. It was the state working with the Catholic Church, right. and uh, as even even since, uh, okay. Neil, hang on a second. In recent years, a lot of the land has been given over, belonged to the Catholic Church for state use. The whole complex in Dublin of the hospital at St Vincent's, which is worth two hundred million euros, has just been handed over to the state completely. The whole okay, complex. if you want, if you want to get, if you want to go there, I'll get into Besbra, but I'll hold back and I won't bother. Mar- hang on a second, Marion. You just said the word there, Neil Belcher. He was very quick saying the Catholic schools built the hospitals. They also built the Bellsborough, the orphanages, the Madeline laundries. They were responsible oh, for... You're going to the bashing now. I am, I am. I'm, I'm only telling you the truth. I am. You're very quick at saying the Catholic Church did all these good things. They did a lot of bad things to why. They took children from their mothers in Bellsborough. They took children across to America, to Australia. And that was all the Catholic Church. And don't tell me it was the state. It wasn't. It was the Catholic Church that made millions from these babies. And they also made millions from the, the Madeleine laundries. And those women suffered, suffered all their life because the Catholic Church. They're a bunch of hypocrites. It's the richest organization in the world. That's what it's called, an organization. And I believe while this pandemic was going on, the Catholic Church was putting all this together to teach our little children about marriage, and about the Virgin Mary, because I know my own grandchild, grandchild walked into me five years of age, telling me about the Virgin Mary. 
don't yeah. know what's going on. So the same was the on. same five-year-old telling you about the crucifixion of Jesus at five? You know something, Neil? She didn't because I kind of stopped. I, I changed the subject straight away. I didn't want to hear it. It's not my place. <laughs> but if there know, are Catholic schools in Ireland and you don't want to believe in the Catholic faith, right, or the doctrine yeah. of the Catholic Church, yeah. don't yeah. send your children or your grandchildren to a Catholic school. Send I them to an interdenominational school. Send them to educate together. 100%. But it's my granddaughter, so it's not my place. Just no, but it's, but it's I like... I would rather see that, Neil. I would rather see Catholic schools for Catholic children only, so that these other children wouldn't put them wrong with their uh, atheist ideas and their, um, you, you know... See, uh, so I'd rather... Uh, well, we can't do that at the moment. We, we can't do that at the moment because we cannot afford to have a choice of school for everybody, unfortunately. Yeah, we can't... Just say what he said again. No, maybe we should get rid of religion in schools because religion, religion really is the root of all evil, isn't it? It's, it's all evil. It's the cause of all wars. Ma, no, James. Every every single war that I can recall, in some way, exactly. shape, or another, has to do with marginalisation of sections of society: the Jews, gypsies, gay people, Second World War, yeah, or two millennia of religious wars. So well, there will no, always no, people who will abuse religion. You have the Muslims in who you're chopping people's head off. You know, we don't, never we don't, mind. We never, don't never mind somebody else's religion for a moment. Your 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 religion, the Catholic Church. Um, in fact, I put down Catholic at the last census. I have to say, so I probably am a la carte in many regards. But the Catholic religion is marginalizing and and also leaving outside people who just want to be happy in their lives. They're gay. They exactly. love differently to you and me. Exactly. But you well, got... No you, one is stopping that. The state recognises that now. So why should the LGBT be worried whether I don't recognise them, Neil? Uh, because you're teaching... No, it's because because you like the him, most of the LGBT he, would be atheist anyway, Neil. You know, so why, why are they worried what the Catholic Church think? That's a, they're they're recognised by the state. That's, that's a stupid that thing to say. Them. That's a stupid thing to say. That is a horrible thing he that, just said. That the majority of LGBT people are, are atheist anyway. Uh, and also they're, people. they're quite they are a minority, and the, and the majority of them will be atheists. No, a lot, a lot that's of a, a, that's, that's an indisputable fact. That they're, that they're they atheists. Are, if they are Christian gay, they are welcome in the Catholic Church. They are welcome to Mass and Communion every Sunday, the same as me. Where's he getting all this information from? Michelle. Hi, Neil. How are you? Go thanks ahead. For, thanks for letting me call in. So I'd just like to point something out to James. I'm a Catholic. I was born a Catholic. I was baptized. I was reared in the Catholic faith. I have a beautiful eight-year-old daughter that we have baptized into the Catholic faith. And I also have a wife. And my priest, when my priest baptized our daughter, welcomed myself and my wife with our daughter. And how dare you stand there and say... Most LGBTQ people are not Catholic. You can't speak for us. You're misogynistic. Your ideals are outdated. You have every right to your opinion, and you can believe them to your core. But you do not get to judge me or anybody else because we choose to love a different person than you do. You do not get you to judge me. You just answered my question for me. The priest welcomed you and baptized the child. Didn't I say that already? That LGBT people are welcomed. Did I, I, we were not hearing what I was saying. LGBT people can go into mass. They cannot go into a... You will not be welcomed in a, a mosque, I can assure you. You know that, don't you? 
That's one. That's one religion. Not be you, welcomed that's, in a one, that's one religion. You would be welcome in Episcopalian, in Protestant, in Presbyterian, in Evangelical. So do not stand there and say we're the only religion to accept gay people because you're talking nonsense. Your, your <laughs> ideas are old, and they're, no, they're old. I have listened to you. Your ideas are old and they're antiquated. And it's because of people like you that are on air. There's some poor 14-year-old at home listening to this thinking, oh, my God, my parents, my grandparents, and they're committing suicide. You need to think before you speak because your words... Oh, let me get it. Let me, let, me just go, let me just drill into that. You're saying that there could be a teen at home who is questioning their own sexuality because they know their own parents and grandparents are deeply religious and would yes. be and would be what angry, disappointed, upset, let down because their son they or daughter is gay. They could, you know. Okay. I mean, being fourteen or fifteen okay. at the best of times is a hard thing to do. But when you are trying to come to terms with something that people like James are saying are wrong, immoral, it's against our I religion. Say, it's did against I say the they were wrong and immoral? No, you insinuated it, okay? You made insinuations and I'm going to No, he did say on a number of occasions that um, people of all sexual persuasions are welcome within the Catholic Church, unless, unless you want to get married in one of them. <laughs> they go to happen. Yes, yes. I'm actually quite open in many ways but I get tired I get tired of this constant constant Catholic bashing it it becomes we have to speak up for ourselves Neil we're entitled to speak up for ourselves who is bashing the Catholic Church it's people like you who make people like me afraid to go to Mass (laughs) you obviously you you don't listen to radio too often obviously there's a constant bashing of the Catholic Church on television and radio. No. 90% of the, the schools in this country are Catholic. There's no bashing of any Catholic religion in any of those schools. Children, children, children have a natural, children have a natural right to a mother and father. And this is the best environment for them where possible. Why are you going to Mass at all, um, Michelle? Because I take honestly, because I take comfort in the teachings of the church. Oh, but the bishops are teaching. The bishops he, are saying the, that they are. They are saying that. But I have a right to have a disagreement. I mean, if that's the case, nobody who's ever been divorced should go into a church. Nobody who's ever had sex before marriage should go into a church. Nobody who has ever, you know, drank too much and gotten drunk has should go into a church. And nobody who's ever terminated a pregnancy, for instance. No, no, we don't get to cherry pick. We don't get to blanket statement everything and then cherry pick what Yeah, but I wouldn't want to be in a club or joined an organization that didn't want me. You know? But what I'm, what I, the reason I called is because my experience has been, been with the Catholic Church and my priest and my parish is that we're very welcome. Okay, okay. We're very, very welcome. And that's, that was the point that I was trying to make. And, and, in reference to James, I don't see people bashing the Catholic Church, but I see gay people being bashed all the time. By the Catholic Church? All the time. No, we, we don't get any Christians at all. Of course we don't need No, them. hold on. Okay, no, hold, no. hold on there. Hold on there. Niamh. Yes. Can you hear me? I am fit to scream at James. I always admired him coming on the, the radio and speaking so eloquently and so passionately. He's about saying things. Catholic schools, but, Catholic rules. Holy Jesus, he's going to belt of a shovel. Holy God, was he ever taught by nuns? 
because I can honestly, genuinely tell you they were women of, of the devil and they were not related to women of God. All A lot of them were there. I, I'm a home help and I'd say about three years ago I worked in the local um, as a home help looking after two nuns in the local convent. Right. And this w- one, she was about maybe 60 odd and she took it upon herself to be kind of the elder in us, like she was the advocate for everybody. And the way she spoke to me, like, you use the back stairs, you can't use the front stairs. And um, you go down to the kind of the servants' quarters, do you know what I mean? Don't associate, once your work is done, don't associate with anybody else. Mm. And I said, the sooner you and your antiquated ideas come off this earth. But you have to feel sorry for somebody like that, because she probably left school at a young age, went in, took her vows, went into the nun- nunnery, went to the convent, was surrounded by other no. nuns. She, no, in fairness, she never, ever had any opportunity to develop or learn or grow. No, she didn't. I understand that. I un- I, I do that. So she, you know that nun you just met, described it, she's a product of her environment. Oh, she is, but the problem is, is that I said to her, who do you think you're speaking to? You're not speaking to a nine-year-old petrified child. You're not. You're speaking to an adult. I have nothing to do with you. And um, she was brought up for bullying. Um, but it was just that I came into this situation and I didn't meet the... The people who worked in the kitchen, who would have, who would have informed me afterwards of the carry on of warning. Ah, uh, yeah, but there's all, look, but there's always yeah, no, one. They, I'm not, I'm, right, I'm speaking one. about warning particular yeah. there, but yeah. like through my through my primary school it was horrendous. My father left when we were young, and they 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 took glee every day and uh, telling me go home and get your father to sign a note, and they knowing them when he wasn't at home. So I used to get my uncle out of mercy in him when he wasn't really my uncle. He was married to my aunt. And I used to so they would say that to you, to Tom, they would get, they would say... up in front of them in the morning so that they are. She said, oh, did he come home last night? I said, yes, especially to write the note for oh, you. Oh, yeah, they were taunting you. Yeah, that's nasty, yeah. nasty. You see, that's, yeah, that, that damages a child. Not just the one person that I met in the convent. I'm not clarifying her. I'm saying the whole, there's a lot of them. They were, and we live where where I went to school, primary and secondary school was run by nuns, which was next to the orphanage. And people that I meet outside of the place where I'm from are, are, are yeah, but, li- but that there was an orphanage in 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 the town. But you know, you say that about no, I understand. But at the same time, you can't say that about all nuns. Like you can't say it about all priests. No, Michelle, no, Michelle, no, gay I couple. Won't, I, won't say, I won't say that all nuns are bad. No, but Michelle, a gay couple but, has a small baby. She's happy. She's in love. She's married, and the priest baptized the child. So why would the priest you, baptize? You, you, why would the priest baptize it? There's James Wittering, and that's all I can call it, Wittering, on about that um, no one committed suicide when he was young. Well, I'd love to see, I'd love to see the statistics on that, because that couldn't be right. So he's blaming the church that they... No, no, he didn't. He said no church. children. He said no children yeah. committing but, suicide. They, because they have no religion, that means that's why they're committing suicide. They most certainly are not committing suicide on that behalf. Is it because of their... Um, Sexuality, environment, their environment, their upbringing, their 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 status in in society, their jobs, their bullying, and and people people in general, people, narcissistic people who meet other people and end up um, a shadow of the person that they were at some stage. Do you think they if there never it. was religion in the world, it would be a happier or a sadder place? Oh God, that's a that's a hard question. Well, um, I would personally say 
we might be, we we might as a nation be better off in one place, but in another place maybe not. I, I really couldn't I couldn't answer that truth for now at the moment because I haven't really thought of it. Well, were, no, weren't there the weren't there an awful lot of clerics nuns or priests or something like that? We were all fearful of the nuns and priests. No, but we were educated. Well, I don't never forget about who paid them or whether it was direct or indirect. Well, I know, and we I, were, I we don't were, want to even go in there. We were educated by them, and it would have started going way back with Edmund Rice off the top yes. of my head and Mary yeah, Aikenhead, no, Nano Nagel. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we would have been. Living in hollows, hollows, totally uneducated, thick, ignorant without them, wouldn't we? That's for the pursuit of the British Neil. That's that. That's that's the way. That's the way the British wanted us. Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Morning, Neil. How go, are you, boy? Go, thanks for holding. Go ahead. No, they're all nice, but I believe in the Koran. If you're gay, you can be beheaded. You know, Muslims, Muslims don't agree with gays either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, and, and, you, and your point, what has that got to do with... Well, like, the, there's not one came out there and said about the Muslim religion, this and that. And the, the Catholic, I agree with what you mean. Catholic education shouldn't be taught in the schools. It should be taught at home. But don't be dumb about the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church to this. Muslims did more as much as we did. Unfortunately, we don't know about it. We don't send our kids out to be child bombers, suicide bombers. We don't send our women out to be suicide bombers. People just got off their asses. Yeah, but like, live. but you're, you, you can't say Muslim and suicide bomber in the same breath. Sure, that's nonsense. That's, com- that's, that's ignorant. That's not non- it's not nonsense. Mate. It is. It's, there it's are billions. Not. There are billions of Muslims. Yeah. There aren't billions I, I know of suicide bombers. Every religion, every religion, incidentally, including Catholicism, had extremists. Of course, every religion. I'm, I'm not. So parked, uh, parked every. Mo- well, you didn't say that in fairness to you. Parked the Muslim no. in the same breath as suicide bomber because it's not kind. No, but hang on, it's not kind what they're saying there. We had plenty of martyrs that were Catholics. Our Irish history is full of Catholics. You know That's what I mean? I know that in 2021 in primary and secondary schools that are said to be Catholic schools that are funded by the Irish state children are being taught that homosexuality from what I can see is a sin and that the best type of marriage and relationship it needs to be everyone else needs to be set aside the best one is between a man and a woman and I'm asking the question in 2021 with so many people um, who are questioning their sexuality at a younger age than ever now who are gay, and we want people yes. to be loved and welcome and be all embraceive. Is this acceptable? That's all I want to know. No, it's not acceptable. I quite agree with you. Religion should be taught at home. I what's the church? But even if it's taught, is it even if it's taught? Changes teachings for a minority. Must we must alter the church's teachings for a minority? Um. We, we altered we altered our entire way of life in the last 14 months for a minority minority that were by and large the old and the immu- and the immunosuppressed we did that for a minority well, Neil, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about the state and Neil, you know 
you, you, to say we, we, you must be fair you must be fair to Neil you cannot expect the Catholic Church to change its teaching it's not a fashion house Neil it doesn't change every summer with, with whatever the oh, I, thought, I, thought, I, I thought it wouldn't be a hard thing to be all embracive that everybody would be welcome to be happy and feel inclusive but the Pope does that all the time he welcomes the gay community into the church he does his very best he, so, he bends over welcome Neil. gay priests then welcome gay nuns well, you know, there is a certain teaching in the church which cannot be altered. They may be altered in the future, Neil. I, I won't be around. You you may see it. Your children may see it. But that is the way the teachings are at the moment. Okay. I've got about four all minutes I'm left, lads. Need, all I'm asking is conservative Catholics, which I am, because because we are allowed to have a view. There are many Catholics who will agree with these people, well, including Mary McAleese. You know how critical of the Catholic Church she is. Uh, and she has her own liberal views. But we conservative must also be allowed to have a view, Neil. Okay. And okay. thank God we have the... Neil, can that man do short? Okay, okay, James, thank you. Uh, yeah, go on, Jerry, because I'm going to take a break. I've got an awful lot of breaks and I'm in my 60s and I vote for gay marriage. I have no problem. If my son came in to me in the morning and said, Dad, I have bad news. I'm gay. I said, Love, that's not bad news. If you come in and say to me, you're terminal cancer, that's bad news. Well, it's bad news if your son thinks it's bad news, and he's the gay one. And I wouldn't mind him, I'd love him still, because he's my flesh and blood, and the sooner people realise that, we might get on better in life. Okay, thank and you for that. I, I wish everyone to stay safe, gay, whatever they are, just be happy, and get on with life. Thank you. Back after the break, text toy at 6810416. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 1850-104-106. Okay, um, I hope that I've outlined exactly what's going on with regards to the difference between um, the different social education classes that happen in schools and then within Catholic schools, how the bishops and the Catholic Church then have their own spin on things. And the difficulty then is trying to get the two of them to work now. Leo Varadkar isn't happy with it. Michael Martin isn't happy with it. Norma Foley isn't happy with it. A lot of people aren't happy with it. How family is defined, how relationships are defined within Catholic schools. So your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Martin says, religion has no place in schools in this day and age. I'm bringing my children up atheist if they choose religion themselves when older, that's their choice. I refuse to enforce beliefs on them when I don't feel, I don't believe and feel education should not be ruled by any one religion. So many people believing that religion doesn't belong in any schools at all. Somebody said much earlier, if you want to baptize, confirm or commune your child, then all of the classes and all of the time, all of that activity should happen in family time, not in school time. And today, Neil, is my first day listening to your show since last year. Well, at the time, you played an horrendous Liverpool football club song to celebrate their, their, their deserved title success. At the time, you said, you would play any team tune of any club if they won. Um, just a reminder that there is a new deserved champion today. And I'm wondering if you are true to your word. And that's Pat, who's a, a Celtic and a Juventus fan, which makes very little sense to me if um, uh, the team that's celebrating at the moment is, wouldn't it be Man City? Who? Yeah, I did. I, I, you know what I said last year? I said, I'm not playing any more soccer teams because I'm just getting into trouble whether you play, you never walk alone, you get grief. You know, particularly from Man United fans and City fans and Arsenal fans and Everton fans. Uh, so I stopped. 
But if you're back after a year in the wilderness, this is probably the song you're referring to. Just a, just a line or two. So all the accolades at the moment, of course, to uh, Man City. And if you're a Man City fan, congratulations. Love you and leave you. Happy birthday to my mother, to mother and daughter, Brida and Breed O'Hare, celebrating today. Harry, Isabel and Charlie asked me to say hi and wish him well. I'd love if you wish my sister, Sylvia Kelleher from Ballyvalan, a huge 40th birthday wish today. I love you lots from your sister, Sheila, brother-in-law, Chris, and three nieces, Jamie, Joanna, and Jesse. And one quick one, please. 21st birthday request for our grandson today. Um... Evla Porter lives in Christchurch, New Zealand and hopefully is listening. Happy 21st. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.